Hey everybody, welcome to Player vs. Plot, the podcast where we take video game stories seriously. I'm Sterling. I am Lindsay, and I'm pretty excited to discuss my current obsession with everybody. And I'm Chris. No relation. <laughs> All right, Lindsay, let's, let's uh, unpack that for a second. Is your current obsession still Slay the Spire? A little bit, but I've, I've transitioned somewhat to Animal Crossing. Somewhat. Somewhat. Well, The Watcher just came out on yeah. Switch. I was going to say the danger is that okay, <laughs> <again>. <laughs> Animal Crossing and the DLC for The Watcher for Slay the Spire came out on the same day? Something like that. Within a couple of days of each other. So it was very difficult to choose how to spend my time. Yeah, I, I remember because I wanted to be playing Animal Crossing and you also wanted to be playing Animal Crossing. But you also wanted to do... You guys need to coordinate. You, one person has to be into a PS4 game and one person has to be into a Switch game. Chris, there's another universe where that PS4 game was going to be Cyberpunk. So that's not really our fault because we did like plan a, accordingly. Hey, hey, Cyberpunk has been delayed for a year now. So is Animal Crossing. They got delayed. No, it oh. did it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I was really excited about maybe restarting Persona 5 Royal. <laughs> But then I got, I talked myself out You're of it. You're alone on that one. Yeah. That's a lot of time to, to put back in. So Yeah. Unlike the games- amount of time I've put into Animal Crossing in the past <laughs> two weeks. Yes. I think, I, I mean, listeners may be impressed as we go through this episode, which is about Animal Crossing. And they'll learn exactly how much time Sterling has put into that game. And you're thinking, how much time could he have put in that game? I also have put a ton of time in Animal Crossing. You are wrong. I thought that, and I was wrong. Sterling has found a new way to put so much time into Animal Crossing. It's impressive. Well, well see, our listeners will be like, well, it's 2021. Uh, <laughs> he has had lots of time, but actually it's only been about three weeks. I don't just mean this Animal Crossing game. I mean the franchise, because we are covering the entire franchise this episode. Shit, I didn't prepare right for that. But actually, you know what? <laughs> I'm better prepared for that. So I have not played New Horizons. I've played, I think it was Wild World is the only one. Which one was Wild World? Let's go from the, the beginning PS. and we can check off which games okay. we played. So Lindsay, I know you played the GameCube. Yes. One, right. It was like my first, I don't know, my first obsession on the GameCube and definitely the first game where I was like, as you know, a fourth or fifth grade girl telling other people I played video games. Mm. I was like, because I didn't have an N64, so I never got into that. But once I had the GameCube, I was like, oh my gosh, do you guys have a GameCube? Are you playing Animal Crossing? Because we need to, I'll bring over my memory card and I can visit your island. And like, remember, no. came with Animal Crossing. Yes, yes. <laughs> I actually got it from Blockbuster the first time I got the game. Uh-huh. So, you and they were unable was, to save. Yeah, there was too much for one, for oh, like no. my one memory card that had other stuff. It needs its own memory card, yeah. basically. Yeah, it was like what, 56 blocks or something? Yeah. Yes. And, something like that, yeah. So we had to go out and buy a new memory card for this game that we rented from Blockbuster. And then my parents just bought me the game. So that worked out. They were so like, then I had, costs yes. at this point. <laughs> then I got two Animal Crossing towns and I could travel back and forth. Between so them. before no. we uh, go on, though, Sterling, did you play it on GameCube? I did play it on GameCube. I have um, a lot of memories of, you know, trying to get nighttime bugs and uh, sneaking out of my room at midnight to try and like sneakily turn on the tv without making any noise and getting like all of the nighttime exclusive items so you you guys would have been 10 
right? About right around yeah. there. Because yeah. it's 2001. So if you remember, what what drew you to Animal Crossing over other games at 10? It was colorful. So that helped. And I mean, I love the GameCube, but I don't know if at that time I was really flush with options on it. Okay. So, so part of it was... Why couldn't a video game be this? Yes. And then I, you know, my friend played it. So we would, I had one friend that was also very into Animal Crossing. So we kind of fueled each other's Animal Crossing frenzy. How about Mm -hmm. you, Sterling? You know, I can't think of how I actually got into the game. It just kind of showed up in my life, like Grand Theft Auto (laughs) 3. Um, And like one day Sterling is just like collecting stamps and he's like, what? When did I start doing this? Like, wait a second. Like, I, I wait, collecting stamps, and then one of my stamps is actually uh, a GameCube disc with a memory card. I'm like, what? no, I mean, like, you, the way you're describing it, it's like you're, you had a hobby, but you have no re- recollection of how, yes. how that started. Yeah, I, I, I think it might have been one of my friends was playing the game, and it was a Nintendo licensed game. So it just kind of like showed up in our collective conscious maybe reading like an egm or something i mean that's a good point a first party nintendo game on the gamecube that was like almost all of those are big deals yes especially because animal crossing this is pre super mario sunshine at this point right i think yes and pre it was a pretty early game wind waker because well because the original version was the japanese one on the in 64 but only in japan we're talking about the original animal crossing yeah well back then it was called the Animal Forest, I believe. Yep. And I think Chris knows a little bit more about that. Sure. But let's let's we'll get move to that. that to the end. Yes. We'll, we'll talk about it later. About let's go through your relationship. Let's keep game. going through the different yeah. releases. So Animal Crossing on GameCube is first. Which one yeah. came next? I believe it was the DS game. Is that Wild World? I think it's Wild World. Yep. And then after Wild World was the Wii one, which was City Folk. Right. And then there's another DS? Mm, there's a 3DS one. 3DS. Okay. New Leaf, yeah. So I did not play Wild World. Did you, Starling? No, I didn't end up playing Wild World. And it wasn't actually one that was sold very well. I think altogether it sold three or 2.2 or 3 million copies of it. Whereas, Which on the DS was kind of low, I guess, okay. for a first-party Nintendo. Okay. But but uh, New Leaf sold 12 million copies. So What about City Folk? Because that's the one in the middle. And I did have City Folk. One. Yeah. I, I remember being oh. much less impressed with that one. I know it came out kind of late. Yeah. That was the one I, I mixed it up in my head. That's the one that sold about like 2 million. Okay. Okay. Which is about how much New Horizons sold in its first day. Hour. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I remember City Folk was the game that they released the Wii chat microphone for. And it was the first game console microphone I saw that was like a conference mic. So oh. you were supposed to set it up in front of your TV and just talk normally into it while you were playing the game. And it would know when you were speaking and automatically... Maybe. <laughs> okay, sure. okay. I see. I didn't get that mic. I didn't use that for Animal Crossing. I used mics like that for for world of warcraft but <laughs> you know what mics use that now uh or what what uses that now is the psvr mic interesting yeah sorry the psvr camera is also a shockingly sensitive uh, uh conference mic that turns itself on when you play a compatible game like monster hunter world <laughs> not that chris I would know had very personal conversations <laughs> <laughs> not knowing so did that happen for you during Animal Crossing Wild World or, or City Folk? City Folk? It only it had, didn't happen for me during City Folk. Okay. Did you? Uh, did anyone here 
use that mic while playing City Folk? No. I don't even know if I ever played a Wii game that's not Smash Brothers online. Maybe Mario Kart. I don't okay. even think I played Smash Brothers online. <laughs> really? Yeah. It was, yeah, I don't think I played anything online on the Wii. Hmm. I mean, I like the Wii, but I didn't really, you know, I look back on it. I, I don't really have many memories of Wii games. Yeah, there's a... F- that's where I like played f- Twilight Princess. Wii, I really liked Wii Sports. Wii Sports. Wii Sports Resort. Twilight Princess. Damn, there were some that I... Oh, Mario Galaxy. There were like... The games were there, but there were so many games. There's on. a Paper Mario on there that I liked. Yeah, but Super the best Paper Mario... Yeah, the, be- the best Paper Mario was Paper Mario. But the Nintendo <laughs> game we're talking about is Animal Crossing. So it sounds like City Folk didn't do it for a lot of us, which brings us to New Leaf. New... The 3DS. New Leaf was like, that's like an a, obsession. That's like a pretty big entry, right? Sterling I'm lived a life that in that game. game. Yeah, I completed everything in that game. I got the museum like 100% full, maxed so out my house. What I want to know is, did New Leaf change a lot about the experience for you from the GameCube version? Was there something like qualitatively different about how it felt to play New Leaf? Yeah, for me, it was that I didn't have horns um, I, I really hated being like this hybrid ox man in the oh, GameCube yeah. version. You, you had to have like the Viking. Horns, yeah. Right? Yeah. I thought I was, just I didn't ox man. I was a girl. Yeah. Girls got oh, okay. like cute hairdos and the guys had to wear like ox helmets. Okay. We do need to come back to this though, because in the first animal crossing game, you don't really look human. You look kind of like a pig human hybrid weirdness. Oh, so from your perspective, you didn't necessarily think you were a, like a different kind of villager. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll put a pin on that. But. Yeah. Especially in how the Animal Crossing movie. Uh, we'll put like, a pin on ties that. Ties into the. <laughs> so many pins. It's like a conspiracy theory board up yeah. here. Do you, do you, uh, folks at home, you have your murder board ready, um, your cork board and all your string. I've got seven different colors and we're going to. Uh, link everything so new leaf i think and i didn't play much of it because i didn't have a 3ds at the time okay but i borrowed sterling's at a certain point after you know he had lived abroad and completed his okay and i wasn't i mean there wasn't a lot i could do because the city had been perfected but i still enjoyed it better than city folk and i think because for me new leaf felt more like gamecube animal crossing in that City folk was really trying to add all these extra things. It's like, oh, you have to come to this other place, this city, and it's this hub. And I was like, well, I don't oh, really so you don't care. just live in the city; it's a new location. Yeah, in city folk, you leave your town oh. to go to the city. It's like kind of like what the Sims did, where they were like, here's an expansion, and now you can go to college or, or hot date. Yeah, night. except you weren't really playing the same game in the city. The city was like, you go to a place, whereas normally with the stores in your town, they're your stores, and you're building them up. And there's special stuff just for you. Yeah. So I think that the way they pushed the connectivity in city oh, folk that's was very Japanese. Is it? How? What does that mean? Because so many people, I don't, you know what? That's not true. That's like living also like living in the suburbs or something. But like a lot of people who commute to work in the city, oh. they have their hometown and then they go hang out in a very, in a less personal, a but more busier. centralized kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I didn't. That's not why I was playing Animal Crossing. But then New Leaf felt more like, oh, you make this yours. Mm-hmm. Which then, which did you play New Leaf at all, Chris? Nope. Okay. Only played only played wow. Wild World. Yeah. And then that brings us to New Horizons, the the latest installment, which thanks to uh, uh, quarantine has done very well. 
Yeah, switches are sold out. Animal Crossing is sold out. Ring so Fit is you sold say out. That um, New Horizons reminds you more of the GameCube game. So let's talk like bird's eye view. What would you guys describe the main concept of Animal Crossing to be? All right. So bare bones. You arrive in a town. You're given a plot of land which has some sort of residence on it, and you're given an itemized bill saying hey, now you're in debt. And, you know, it's that kind of escapism that I think I'm really (laughs) after in my video games. But yeah, the escapism of actually paying your debt. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a 0% loan uh, or interest, 0% interest loan. loan. That's the escapism. That's the escapism. That's a real good (laughs) fantasy right there. I I know. I don't know how Tom Nook makes any money. But Tom Nook uh, is a raccoon that is now your landlord. A tanuki, right? I think that's his Tom Nuki. (laughs) Oh, wow. I don't know what he's called in in Japanese. Do you? He's a tanuki. Oh, Oh, like his actual name name? I don't know. Mm. No, I do know K.K. Slider's Japanese name, but we'll get to that in a moment. But, you know, you get to town, you have debt, you get to pay it off by fishing, catching bugs, and doing errands for your neighbors. Something about running errands, man. I like any game that's just like, check off this to-do list. So So, still stay on the concept part, though. In the original Animal Crossing, I'm pretty sure you're just like a resident of Animal Crossing, right? Of the town. Mm -hmm. Now, is that still, has that changed? It changes in different iterations. Yeah. So in one of them, you are the mayor, which you're replacing another mayor, Tortimer. Is that New Leaf? Yeah, New Leaf, you become the mayor and you get to decide to do public works projects or whatever you want as mayor. Um, So your scope of like customization and like looking at the town is like a place that is kind of expanding. Yeah, and that's the narrative reason they give for it is for some reason you're the mayor now. Go for it. You happen to show up on the day the mayor was supposed to arrive and the real mayor never arrives. So people think you're the mayor. (laughs) Wow. He, wait, he, wait a minute. So it's not like you're like elected mayor or anything. Well, I think it's not guy. like you're the mayor's running mate or something. You, you know, show up. it, it kind of reminds me there's there's a Russian movie. I can't think of its name, but this guy falls asleep on a bus. And uh-huh. this takes place in like the Soviet era. And he falls asleep on a bus on his way home from work. And the bus drives to a town over. But because of like the style that everybody was building cities in Russia, it was just like, cookie cutter like yeah. cities essentially he ended up getting off on the same street in a different city and walking into an apartment building that looked exactly like his and his key worked on that door too and it became an <laughs> odd couple type story so i feel like i i want to see that that's wow I, if i could only remember the name i i'll, I'll have to like tweet I, it out i feel like that's it's funny because it's a different era different country but you can make that story about an american suburb yeah and it could, like, you could sell me on that. So I think then that's interesting because Animal Crossing is so different. Animal Crossing starts cookie cutter where everyone mm-hmm. has the same thing. But in some ways, it's about you escaping to this place where you can take that cookie cutter situation and personalize it as much as possible. Because yes. the end result of your of you messing around in your sandbox and Animal Crossing is that, I mean, at least this is my experience with Wild World, is that you will have this very quirky town where all the houses are different and everyone's really different from each other and 
totally unique from someone else's town, right? Yes. Yeah. And although all- I do immediately put houses on grids with identical fenced in <laughs> lots. So I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> I want to see you play Sim City too. Ooh, yes. That would be a fun let's play, maybe. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the gameplay a bit more. Well, before we do that, I want to finish this arc, this thought process of your, the progression of your oh, role in right. the town and how oh, it's okay. dealt with narratively. So in the first game, you just come in, you're a villager, you're you're an indentured servant for Tom Nook, you eventually pay off your debts. And then by the time we get to New Leaf, now you're the mayor. So they're saying, oh, people really want to customize their towns. How can we adapt the narrative for that? We'll make them the mayor. And I think it's really interesting because now with New Horizons, they kind of did away with a narrative excuse. It's just, I don't know, Tom Nook likes you. So he makes you do all this well, stuff. To begin with, in, in New Horizons, correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't move into a village, right? You like move you to a deserted... Start, yeah, yeah, you start a village. You, you start a village. Kind of. You move to a deserted island. Tom Nook starts the village. So Tom, and you okay. buy in on the package. Tom Nook gotcha. is the real, like meat of every mobile crossing. He's a mobile. like you're his property manager in, yeah in a way <laughs> but like you're as Lindsay said you kind of are an indentured servant i mean mm-hmm. he you show up to town even when you become mayor he's like oh where's your house you don't have one? Oh, you're in debt to me now forever. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, later we'll have to talk about what we think this game has to say about capitalism, because I don't know. And I mean, but I think I know where Tom Nook makes his money. He's like a movie theater. He makes it off the concessions, because doesn't he sell you all the stuff to he, decorate your house? He does also sell you all of the things to decorate your house. That's true. He's like, uh, look at me. Uh, I'm the most magnanimous human being ever. Uh, I gave you a house, 0% interest rate. Uh, but And I also gave you a cot and a radio. What more could you need? <laughs> also, here's like- my shop. Um, and in it, I have overpriced goods. You can spend <laughs> $900 on a roll of toilet paper, though that's not too out of yeah. price wait, these wait, wait, days. Wait, but so here's something I don't remember at all. How much is your house loan in a typical, like, is it different in between different... Um, I don't remember the number. Your first house is generally like 40 some thousand bells. Which is not much. And that's not, so that isn't a lot if something can cost you a thousand bells to decorate your house. Is that a normal cost? Yeah. A thousand bells? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Furniture is is going to run you 1,000 to 7,000 in the current game. So it sounds like land is very cheap in the Animal Crossing world. And the the other loop then is that you are constantly paying off your house and then you can expand it. You can always have more. So again, we'll come back to capitalism and consumerism. I just thought it was important to finish that thought about how the game's narrative, it's obvious that they wanted to push the customization and creativity and your control. And they were like, oh, we'll add a story reason for that. And we've come almost full circle where they're like, there's no story reason. You can do more than you ever could to customize the island. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of this throwaway thing of Tom Nook just trusts you, your opinion. He's like, you have great taste. What if you paved the streets? How do you get to the island? You, there's an airport. They set it up. It's like one of the only structures on the island when you get there. And it's not like you're, it's not like Harvest Moon where it's like your, your uncle left you a plot of land on this island or something. You just want to go for a vacation or something. Isn't that also Stardew Valley too? Yes. Yeah. I think you're right. The consistent thing across all games is that you are young. How young is, I don't know, up for debate? 
I don't know. I like to imagine it's actually just me there. Is age even a thing in Animal Crossing? It is in the movie, but we'll get back to that. So you are young-ish and have decided to move away from home and strike out on your own. Because in the first game, you have that conversation with the cat. Rover. Yeah. And he... Oh, I remember this. Your your answers determine how you look, which I always thought was fun. And then when you get to the town, other animals, too, consistently have these conversations with you like, oh, I needed to move away. I needed to get a new start. So it's definitely this idea of you striking out on your own. And then the other thing that's in every game is you get letters from mom. Your mom just randomly sends you letters, sometimes with gifts, and is like, thinking of you, hope you're doing well. I don't, can you send letters to your mom? No, you can't send letters That's to your dark. mom. dark. So you've just moved This away. will lead to um, <laughs> one, con- not conspiracy theory, one kind of dark, weird theory that I will share with you a little later. Okay, I'm excited. Ooh. Talk about those. I think I, Not I, my own theory, one I found I think it, on Reddit. Yeah, I think I know the, <laughs> the one you're talking about. I, I like that one. So what would you guys, like if, if you had like maybe a couple words to describe high level themes of Animal Crossing, how would you describe it? So I think that there is a joy of, you know, escapism starting over, you know, turning over a new leaf. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, on point, though, because yeah. they name these games what they do for a reason. Yes. And, new leaf, new horizons. And I think really the theme and the inspiration for the game um actually comes from one of the creators, uh, Katsuya Eguchi. Um, And when he started making this game, he wanted to draw on his experiences when he was a young adult, uh, leaving his hometown in, I don't know, I think it was Chiba, and moved to Kyoto, where he's tried to like get in with Nintendo. And when he got, first got to Kyoto, he had a feeling of being alone and away from friends and family and not knowing anything and having an empty house. And he wanted to recreate that feeling of growing into a place and feeling mm-hmm. like you're becoming a part of something. So I think... So is that like, what you feel? I, when, you when, I, when, I, when I do play Animal Crossing, I, I, I feel that. I feel like the whole point is kind of how you can start over from anywhere and find some place that you fit in with. Okay. And it emulates a lot of um like you know I've I've traveled a lot so I I do I've lived abroad a bunch and when I started living somewhere new it does kind of feel like empty and foreign but as you live there for a while it you get and, and that feeling of like familiarity intentionally foreign right cuz stuff in that game is supposed to be a little bit weird and wacky. right and and, and yes, I, it also I don't know is if an we, interesting blend of like eastern and western traditions like I read that in the original game, when it was targeted at Japan, they tried to include a lot of Western Western things so it could feel like, oh, this is different and you're traveling. Different from my hometown. Yeah. But I know as like an American playing it, they also included a lot of Japanese things. And I was like, well, I'm making a Japanese town. like, And that was really cool, too. So, Lindsay, what's your answer to that? If you had a few words to describe the themes. I think oh, I'm sorry, will, that wasn't a few words. I think <laughs> this will probably really highlight the difference between Sterling and me as people. Okay. But I I don't think of it as me going there and like growing into the place. I always liked it because I'm like, I'm going to change this to match my vision. <laughs> I'm going to conquer this <laughs> Yes. Cultural victory. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's how I play Civ every time. <laughs> So it was, it's a lot about the creation and customization. Okay. It's like, okay, if I check off these boxes, I will earn more stuff and I'll get to do whatever I want with all my stuff. Cool. All so right. I guess to compare that with like what the 
director, without getting too far into development history, but just briefly, right. the original Animal Crossing director described this game and used this word a lot in marketing. They called it a communication game. So that was like the major, th- like they call that the genre of the game was communication. It's still so, listed as social simulator, which mm-hmm. I don't know if I could think of another, maybe would Second Life be a social simulator? Like the examples I could think that I would put into that genre would be so different from Animal Crossing. And I think you're right because Second Life is not a social simulator. Second Life is real socializing with people. Oh, okay. That is it's true. It's just a different tool. You have like an avatar. Yeah, so it's not simulating. Right. right. In Animal Crossing, you are trying to simulate real relationships with people, but notably not romantic relationships, well, but like everyday relationships. You played the game differently than I did, but that's um, okay. <laughs> yeah. But it's like all of your relationships that you might encounter, like your landlord, yes. your neighbor, the person at the... The neighbor you don't the, like. The store owner down the shop, like one of the store owners um, in the tailor shop, she is a prickly porcupine. And as you talk to her more, she opens up to you uh-huh. and becomes a new and... Still know, a prickly porcupine. Still a porcupine, but like becomes like, you know, an amenable, like amicable, friendly porcupine. <laughs> I like it. There's definitely a feeling that you get to know these other animals, which I don't know if we want to talk about it now, but there are personality like archetypes. Yeah, let's just top in. Before we get to that, though, I want to ask you about the player character. Oh, who do you think the player character is? Why do you think you have that player character? I have no idea. So first of all, f- for people who have not played Animal Crossing, who do you play as in Animal Crossing? A person. So is it is it a human? I mean, in Animal Crossing slash Animal Forest, the Nintendo 64 one, you play as kind of a human. Again, like the the female playable character looks more like a human. But she had weird ears. No, she had curls in her hair. Mm, I think she had, had weird ears when I played it. Well, it's also like emulating nintendo 64 graphics so that could be that could be i mean but anyways um you have like horns and then as you go on i think every game after that you you have a somewhat like human appearance until new horizons where you definitively look like a human okay it definitely at some point it's they start to explicitly refer to you as human like okay they i mean maybe they wanted to make that more clear yeah i just remember as a kid when i played the first game like do you have it up something about my character i was like this is kind of weird i guess it may have been the hair but i always read it as like Big right. pink ears. Like, look at that. that. That is pretty ambiguous, actually. You kind of look like a wizard. Can I see that again? Yes. So it's like you got your little hat and then like wings of apparently Sterling interpreted it that, as hair. But especially when I that. see that the boys have horns, yeah. I would naturally look at that and say, oh, this is my animalistic feature. Yeah, I don't. It was very unclear in the first one but they definitely you're just humans later and the weird thing is humans are always player characters there are no other humans in any of the games who are npcs Mm -hmm. and i don't know what that means narratively but i would love to take some guesses or hear some guesses yes um, (laughs) so humans are just beneath nature and nature rules all whoa do you think that's not what it, no, I read it differently. I read it as almost like the human savior. I 
you animals can't make a real town. I'm going to come in and make a good town for so you. So you're a, you, you took like an imperialistic manifest destiny approach. Yes, maybe and, and maybe I I'm over inundated in US saw, history. And maybe I I looked <laughs> so at the it point that it guides your your actions. And so I, I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh wow, I come out to the middle of nowhere and look, there's all this infrastructure and a society and it's but so you build the infrastructure, like you build up not the in the original game GameCube one. There's hardly anything. That's you can true. Do I guess in the that. original one, you're just playing catch up. So do you? Okay. Do you guys think that what you said about what you said earlier about how the town is kind of intentionally alien to you that that is part of why you're the only human? So that you know everyone's a different animal. Which but they don't have to be. You could get a town full of ducks. <laughs> like that's true. And you're just the human. But the point is that they're like. They're different from you in like a really obvious yeah. way that you cannot avoid. That could be. I think so to bring up the movie a little and we'll come back and have a whole diagnostic okay. of the movie. But the weird thing that stood out to me is as, that Apollo and Whitney were in a relationship but broke up. Okay, the That weird, is a eagle and a wolf. That's why they broke up. It just <laughs> mechanically is that it any weirder work. than a human and a wolf being in love? Yes. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> So the thing I want to talk about the movie right now is that when the girl moves, she refers to it as like animal forest. That's the name of the town. Okay. Which is weird because does that mean this is the only place that like there's something unique about it and it's that this is where the animals live. Yeah. The fact that it's specifically called animal forest, that would be, you don't say human town. Yes. Okay. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. I'm going to find a place that translates to human town. Do you think that that's like like a like a metatextual thing like you know how in Pokemon we talked about how the game is very comfortable talking to you both as a player and as the character mm. yeah and maybe Animal Town is the game saying like okay player you're going to a real town it's just that this town is in your GameCube yeah and it's called Animal Crossing it could be i think it also could highlight some of the magical escapism like I mean, New or New Horizons actually explicitly is like, don't overthink these like these things. It's magic, mm-hmm. and I think that maybe early on it was, oh, this is the magical town where sentient humanoid animals live. But I think it steps away from that framing concept as we progress, and they get more obvious about the fact that oh, here's just a city with animals. Oh, here are other animals coming from other towns. Like, yeah, the the series. It's more like the whole world is this. Yes, yeah. the series does more world building, and I think that takes away from that idea planted early on that maybe this is just one magical little forest. So yeah. I'm glad you brought up the escapism thing because another question I wanted to ask you guys was, what do you think is the fantasy of Animal Crossing? So far, you've only told me about being in debt, and I feel like there's more. To the game than that, right? Did we did we want to wrap up some like the socialization stuff? Because I think we started there and then got off a little bit, and I think that ties okay, yes, in somewhat yeah. with the fantasy because it's it's about that creating and customization. But if we call it a social simulator, then the fantasy is also about creating a network, right? Yeah, and I think that part of it is the ability to become friends with the bunch of animals i i mean that seems really like i mean well yeah because like a lot of the mechanics are built around you becoming friends with people who are residents of your town and getting shit from them which that's not necessarily a mundane thing i don't know most of my neighbors i don't walk around our city i was about to say our city and um you know, everyone knows who I am. Oh, yeah. Sterling that's true does. In Animal Crossing. Sterling tries to know all of our neighbors. He knows the names of all of the dogs in our neighborhood. Yeah. 
and their owners. I actively so when, tried when to not goes know. Into Animal Crossing, he's like, yeah, this is this normal. Is how it works. I always know what dogs are named. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Lucky, and that's uh, Goldie, and <laughs> these are all Animal Crossing characters. So I think that the game is definitely set up to make you feel like you are connecting with a community. And again, I mean, Sterling, you mentioned that that was an explicit goal was to mirror how it feels to move somewhere new and build up new connections and build Mm -hmm. up a new home for yourself. So I think it would be interesting to look at the way that the game tried to make different characters feel unique. Because I mean, it's, you know, from the N64 onto the GameCube, they don't have deep character arcs. We're not playing like a Bioware RPG. It's not necessarily about you becoming a, a, a close, like, confidant of this character it's you becoming friendly with these characters yes and liking them i also think that the character designs are meant to resemble stuffed animals i think the textures are even more obvious about that in new horizons yeah and i think that maybe one interpretation of all this is that you are not an adult but you're a kid emulating what you think real life is out in the world like but this you, is your tea party with yeah your this, stuffed is, this is your tea yeah. party with your stuffed animals but maybe you're just in your backyard and this is where your dad set up your your playhouse so do you do you think that that kind of extends to like multiplayer which seems to be a big part especially of the later games because you know for the audience i see sterling and Lindsay texting with our other friends <laughs> Um, all the time about like, come to my island. Oh man, look at your island. And that seems to be a pretty big draw to the game, right? Yeah, I think... But the reason you want people to visit is so they can see your stuff. But But so you can take the items from their town that you don't have. Yes. Okay. And I, I, I do think expanding on that imagination point a little more, it's interesting how items are represented. Like furniture is shown as a leaf until you set it up. So I really liked that Sterling said, oh, maybe you're in the backyard playing because you could totally imagine a kid moving around grass and leaves and saying, this is the couch and this is the table Mm -hmm. and gradually creating more of a vision about what they want. Okay. So you kind of see the player character as both a resident of this village, but also kind of like an influencer. Yes. Oh, definitely an influencer. So the personality archetypes, because I think that they are like, there are set archetypes that they have the same dialogue. But you're not talking about about the player character. No, the animals. Right. So let's talk about the big element of this game, the animals of Animal Crossing. The titular animal. Yes. (laughs) So again, it's not like a Bioware game where it's like, oh, there's Alistair with his deep backstory and personality. It's like they developed, what, eight different personalities or so. And then they would all have pretty much the same dialogue that they would rinse and repeat. But their dialogue was meant to have a sense of personality and interest. Wait, so just to make sure I understand this, because this is, I feel like this is a little bit of a look under the hood that I have never done. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you saying that each and every NPC that you see in Animal Crossing is at least partially procedurally generated? It's not that they're procedurally generated. It's that each character is given like an underlying personality. And that is definitive of their certain lines that they'll get. Or but, interests they seem to have. But for example... Oh, I think I get what you're getting. Um, it's all preset. Okay. So they design a character. So they are like... Oh, so they'll like give... They'll like take a... They'll handcraft a character, but then they'll assign them one of like 20 yes. personalities. There are more animals than there are personalities. 
Gotcha. So like there's this underlying code that's a personality and they design a character and they're like, this one goes into this category. So like the, the personality types uh, are at a glance, lazy, normal. Don't know what that means. <laughs> Peppy, jock, which jock is half of our Animal Crossing town. And I love it. Cranky, snooty. And then this mentions that they also added sisterly and smug. And then something called Otona. Oh, okay. What does that mean? It, ju- it just says Otona, not Otonashi or anything like that. Uh, it just gives me Otona. So that's adult. Oh, okay. Interesting. And some oh of those God. were, some of those were introduced in New Leaf. And I think that New Horizons may have new ones as well that I can't find uh, at a glance yet. But you could have like, so we have several creatures with the jock personality and they say very similar things okay somewhat different but similar so i I was just looking up because um just to touch on the personalities uh they in new leaf there were approximately 1,092,240 words in it so that comes out to about 4,000 pages of text which means that doesn't sound like it doesn't sound a but ton when you compare it to that's longer than the Bible. Okay, by, by I understand. Far. But when you when you compare it to maybe other role playing well, games compared to other role playing games, sure. But they have about how would I say four thousand pages in New Leaf. That was that was the previous game of text. So that means that each character has lines that they can draw from on the personality types. But because there are so many different lines that yeah. your character have uh, could have that. Each character has their own personality, despite like an overarching, overarching like archetype. So you would have like Victoria, and Victoria could appear in your game or my game. She'll have the same personality. She'll always be the okay. Yes, so she may say different, slightly different things at different times, but the same personality. And do I get to see their personality? Because I don't remember seeing it written. No, Wild World. it's not explicit. It's just something you are meant to pick up on, which is why I think it's so okay. interesting. I think I want to talk about why why they chose to do it that way and what purpose it serves for the player and, and the player's interaction with those NPCs. And if you think it's an effective way to create whatever emotion they were going for. Do you think that there's some kind of like player skill element here where they're like, oh, you met Victoria and you met Nancy and you correctly figured out that Victoria and Nancy are very similar. So if Nancy likes petunias, then maybe Victoria likes them. Is that a thing? No, because it really doesn't matter if you're giving them stuff that they like. Well, okay. that's that's actually recently discovered in, in uh, New Horizons. There are some bad gifts you can give um, somebody. <laughs> but it's like obvious. Well, somebody it was one of the characters birthdays and he gave them a single weed. And he's like, this is not a gift. This is garbage. Damn. So, okay. So it sounds like the unique personalities being these like distinct categories. It's not for you, the player, to use it mechanically. It's for, to make them feel unique to you. Right. Yes. So every character does feel unique. And I don't and- know. I don't know if I read it as to feel unique. I, because then I don't know if it would be quite like. Or do you think it's to simulate seeing a lot of different people in real life and kind of like categorizing them in your mind? Yes. And I think it's so that, especially if you're a child, you interact with this one character and you're like, ah, they're always sleeping. They never want to do things. They're so lazy. I think it's so that when you are interacting with them, you have a feeling that you know them. Because like, think about your friends in real life. You would never be like, well, 
this is my normal friend. This is my peppy friend. Like, this is my so jock friend. I might, they I might do. say this is my peppy friend it's, about it's a couple people. Simulating schema you create in your brain for your social, yeah. the social yes. part of your life. Yes. But again, I think our our uh, our new Horizons town has two or three bros in it. Yes. And they all feel distinct even though a lot of them will talk about how they'll have abs on their abs. Yes. One of them is my favorite and another one is my least favorite. So, so another, even though they have the same personality, they've, they've gelled with me in very different ways. Uh, another question I had, by the way, what are those NPCs roles on, on the Island or in the village? Like, can they go and add stuff to the museum? No. Do they ever, they like, can't even catch things. It's my museum. Do they ever like, I'm not even allowed to add things to the museum, Chris. So do they ever change their life? No. Or no, sorry, not their life. Like their home. <laughs> like do you go in their home and like they have added something to their decoration? Yeah. But so, that's is that new? No, and- they've and at least since um I think it might have been always that if you gave them a gift that it would show up in their house as long as it didn't disrupt their decor too much. Okay. So like you could give a garden hose and you know what? He might have like the most amazing uh like fancy office in his house. You didn't give him a garden hose. This is something Sterling did in our game and I'm bitter. He gave him a faucet, an outdoor faucet. And now his awesome, like big wooden mahogany desk study. It's like this. Oh, so elegant, refined study. It has a faucet on it. Just, <laughs> has, just has a faucet, a garden faucet. He really used it. He used a it. Guard, there's That's just amazing. this brick garden faucet in the middle of his wow, study. That's a good friend. Fucked up his desk for you. He is a good friend. That's why one of my favorites. Berdo is amazing. I'm surprised nobody else is talking about him online. Berdo needs to take off as everyone's number one favorite. So it sounds like um, your interactions with the NPCs and your collection of items are like the two main prongs of how you interact with the world of Animal Crossing and those cross over with each other. Yes. And I will say... I mean, maybe like this will show how lame I was as a kid, but the transition between how I quote unquote interact with them as a like, kid playing the game and now is interesting because now I'm like, oh, I just want to see them do more things. They're so adorable. They're so funny. Like, mm-hmm. like watching a stuffed animal or whatever, you know, like seeing something cute and you want to see it do a cute thing. Whereas when I was a kid, I was trying to build a relationship. I was like, I, I'm going to go talk to Tom again. I'm going to send this guy a letter. I set up a chair so I can like two chairs outside this character's house so we can sit there together. There was a lot yeah. more of the filling in the blanks about social interactions. But also they, they like always say new things, right? So if you're... They do not always say new things. Oh, okay. Sometimes they do. But well, during well, this like, most recent event... Uh, I'm not saying like every time though, but like it sounds like you could talk to the same villager multiple days in a row and they could say the same things. But one day... They might yeah. say something you haven't seen before. Yes. So as a kid, you might legitimately think that your gifts to them or interactions yes. with them. And they will move away. Uh-huh. So you can have an Islander move away if you're not talking to them enough or like giving them enough things or if someone visits from another town and just steals them from you. My- oh, that reminds me. Really quick, though, because I feel like this is a really big part of the game that we didn't mention. The time of the... When you say you haven't talked to them in a while... Ooh, okay. This is real world time. Right. And yeah. this is actually an important mechanic of the game is that it was one of the first games that really like focused on the internal clock of your GameCube slash Nintendo 64. And so it would keep track of day and night. It would keep track of years. It would keep track of everything. And if you like, so like certain 
bugs and fish could only be caught at in the day or night. Uh, certain events would only happen at night. So like at night, KK Slider would come to town and he would put on a concert and you'd get like a, a cool tape from him that you could put in and listen to. Or holidays. Holidays. Um, all of these things were incorporated into the game. So it created an actual like year. So th- I feel like that's the immersion. that this town is like Narnia, right? Because yeah. You, it's, it's happening whether you're there or not. And you can go to this real village that just happens to be in your GameCube and see what's changed. Yeah. Since you were last there. Weeds, lots of weeds. If you wait too long, that's all that changes. Um, so I've heard that there are weeds. I've heard that you get like bugs or something. Yeah. So what do you think? What do you make of that? The fact that like, if you spend too much time away, uh, the game will create some maybe less fun consequences for that too. Well, I think it shows you the importance of diligence and, you know, maintaining relationships and maintaining responsibilities. So I I think the game wants you to see it as a fun way, fun, fun thing. But at the same time, it's also kind of a chore, but it's like a fun chore because you have animals and you get to decorate your house because you did the chores and it gives you not immediate gratification because a lot of the time you'd have to wait for items to show up like in the original animal crossing you dig up a fossil you'd have to send that away to get registered and that or identified and then you could show it and or sell it to the museum or Tom and, Nook. and and also you guys mentioned just a few minutes ago that in addition to those like the weeds and all that stuff that villagers will also feel neglected yes, yes. they'll like yell at you and they'll say i haven't spoken to you and then the game will fill in however many like days or months it's been in 130 months yeah wow. that was someone posted that one recently boy i don't want to look back at my ds <laughs> Game. Imagine booting up the GameCube right now. Oh, I, there are dead animals not I'm a very sure. sentimental person. Every time I turn on my Sega Saturn because I haven't replaced the internal battery, it tells me it's 1999. <laughs> or no, it tells me it's 1997 and like Aww. a tear comes to my eye. Because <laughs> my Sega Saturn's like, you ready? You ready, Chris? You're seven and it's time for adventure. <laughs> Better than 2020, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> uh, so... This is important to me because I one of the things that makes it hard for me to play Animal Crossing is I feel a no lot joy. of pressure when a game tells me to play it during a certain time. I see. So mobile games are really bad about this. They'll be like, this is the event for November and you better do this in November. Or you won't get your items. And even my favorite mobile games, I've, I've, I've bounced off of them because of that. And I've always thought Animal Crossing was trying to like force me to pay attention to it. But hearing you describe it this way makes it sound like there's a second reason to do that, which is to make this imaginary town feel more real. Yes. And I I never felt pressured to play during all of these events, though. I mean, to be honest, I would love to have all of the limited event items because, you know, who doesn't want their house to look like a gauche yellow egg room? Guys, the Easter event is bad. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, it's not bad. It's, It's ugly. It, the game had DLC within the first week of it being out. So, I so think this that's is impressive. Like Our you guys are two like weeks. the people in real life who see like Halloween stuff goes up, and you're like, 
hate Halloween. I don't like black and orange and everything's black and orange now. And I hate skeletons. That's how I feel in Easter. That's not how I feel. <laughs> at Halloween. I love black and orange and skeletons. And so, but, but in your animal crossing game for yes. Easter, you're like the curmudgeon. I am. Like, I'm the Easter curmudgeon. I don't like the spirit of Easter. You're the no. Grinch. I miss when I could catch <laughs> fish instead of eggs. That's how I Although, feel. Although it does kind of sound like everyone is Easter Grinch right now. Yes. Like, no yes. one like seems to like that. I don't mind it. Holiday. Yes, everyone's kind of begrudgingly going along with it in the game. They're like, oh, looks I fished an egg again. Yes. What do you know? Yes. <laughs> Zipper is destroying the environment. Yes. Zipper being the seasonal character. Because every do... event does introduce a new character that goes oh, out. Okay. Do we want to talk about some of like the main returning characters? Okay, yes. Let's start with the main. So some of them aren't like a personality category character. They some are special. much more unique. Yes. Like Tom Nook. Tom. One the only. So let's start with Tom Nook. Tom Nook is an interesting statement on capitalism. I want you to interpret Car- uh, Tom Nook through uh, Karl Marx. Oh, no. no I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Tom- not a fan. <laughs> Tom Nook is a raccoon. His logo is the leaf from Mario that turns you into Tanuki. Okay. Um, except it's green. And he is just going to scramble and nickel and dime you every step of the way to get as much money as he can. But he helps you. He employs you. He does employ you. And he's like a trickster, right? Because he's a tanuki. And or t- are, are they known for being tricksters? Yes, yeah. tanukis are always oh, tricksters. They're, like they're like how we think of, well, it's weird to they're say They're scheming this. and crafty. Yes. Like a fox. Yeah, in a way. It's like confusing kits, because foxes like are also scheming and yes. crafty in kits, Japanese is mythology. Kitsune, is that right? Kitsune. 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 Yeah. So Tom Nook is, first of all, he's a landlord, right? Yep. He's yes. a landowner. He puts you into a, I think it's fair to describe, even from Shack. my perspective, which is very a different. Predatory. Because <laughs> I hear landlord, I'm immediately like, so that's the bad guy. <laughs> but it sounds like he is a fantasy version of one who does not have an exploitative relationship with you. Like he gives you a zero interest kind loan. Of. Well, okay, again, everybody views him in, in different ways. I know a lot of people are like, oh, he's a landlord. He's bad. He's the one that's like keeping me down. But he's the one that's upgrading your house. Okay. And when you have the ability to like evict villagers, we do it for much worse reasons. He never evicts you for not paying for like 13 True. years. He ready- well, Hold on. Wait, I need to pause you right here. When you say we do it for worse reasons, I do it you I- can evict a villager? Yeah. yeah, you could do it because he's ugly or she's ugly. Wait, I plan work? on... Maybe evicting Rocket. Ooh, how, guys, this is like a major. <laughs> you, you can be like in this in this simulator of like having neighbors. You could be like, no, he's gone. Yeah. Like I went to the mayor, and uh, well, this person is a nuisance. So you, go, so you go to the mayor, or if you're the mayor, you can just talk to your assistant to like remove is it them. Isabel? It's Isabel. Yeah, Isabel. Yeah, she's who we'll get to. I, Isabel is adorable, but we'll talk about it later. What happens when you... I, this is very fascinating to me because I don't remember <laughs> this at all. How, what happens when you evict somebody? I don't uh, think you could it? evict someone in the GameCube. Yeah, in the GameCube, okay. you just, you just have like, to be real mean. You had to like whack them with a net for like 17 straight days and, and they'll be like, my neighbor is the biggest ass. <laughs> so you have to use social pressure to yes. evict them. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is dark. <laughs> but eventually you can just go to Isabel and be like, yeah, I don't like the way that animal looks at me. <laughs> or that is okay. That will when we start talking about what we, what we think some alternate ways to interpret this game are. <laughs> I feel like that's going to come up. So Tom Nook then is, 
I he maybe he does have a little bit of a trickster vibe because when you get into your house, it's like this ramshackle place yeah. with two things in it, and he goes, "Well, you can just work for me." And that'll handle things. It sounds like the core trick he's pulling is that at the beginning of every Animal Crossing game, he's like, don't you want to live here? All right, you owe me money now. Yes. And I mean, thinking of, we mentioned a fox is also a trickster character. The main fox in the game would be Red. Crazy Red. Who sells you things. Art? Yeah, he sells you art. And in uh, New Leaf, uh, he'd show up with his tent and he, there would be four pieces of art, famous art, like okay. the Venus de Milo, Mona uh, the Mona Lisa, girl with the pearl earring. With the watering can. Um, That's not in the game. But and I Tom Nook is trying to sell you that? No, no, no. Red. red, red crazy is, red. Oh, red. Okay. But like only one of them is real and the three are forgeries. And that's so if you, if you take yeah. it to the museum, then the museum will be like, oh, wow, that's fake. <sighs> I can't do this podcast. I'm going <laughs> to buy this game. I, um, I didn't know there was an art forgery subplot. Chris, there's also a stock market. <laughs> oh, I've, okay. I do know about the, the stock market. So the I think. to LK. Yeah, I think that yeah, yeah. Red then is an interesting comparison to Tom Nook because Red is definitely a trickster, but you could still come out with something good. Tom Nook is kind of a trickster, but you know, it works out for you. And I think as the games have gone on, he just kind of turns into... Well, Tom Nook's story, I think, is interesting if we analyze it from, like, game to game to game. Um, so the first one, he's just a store owner. He has, like, his own little, like, small business. He's like, yeah, I make... I'm, like, the owner of the local, like... Oh, like, so he's another village. Ace, the yeah, hardware kinda. place or something. And then as... And he has, like, a plot of... Four plots of land. So he has his store and four plots of land he can sell a house on. I keep remembering him as, like, some kind of, like, weird genie <laughs> who doesn't, like, <laughs> abide by the rules. But it sounds like in the original... He is just like another person who happens to have a plot of land. Yeah. Yeah. He can sell you. And okay. as you spend more and more of the money that you make catching bugs and selling fish, his shop gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So at the end of it, he has like a department store, mm-hmm. but it's all because of the money you have spent. Mm-hmm. Wow. If only it worked that way for our local Asian restaurant. Um, that was a thing I saw. There was one game I've played. It's not even one I like, but it's it's one I've played that did this thing in uh, in Dark Souls 2. There is a merchant who's just broke, and the more items you buy from him, the richer and richer yeah. visually he gets. I'd have to say that's probably the most interesting thing about Dark Souls 2. <laughs> oh, no. Let's not get into that. But uh, it seems like it's, it's like a weird but fun imagery here where it's like he's getting very very rich i don't feel like i'm getting rich but it's only my money going to him so what's going on what's he doing with my money that i can't do yeah that's i mean that's a good point for tom look obviously we are catching local wildlife and selling it to him and he's selling it to foreign countries for way more money yes Yeah, I mean, in the GameCube version, you go to a town that's fenced in from the north, fenced in on the east and west by cliffs, and fenced in on the bottom by the sea. So maybe Tom Nook has actually penned up all the animals, and who knows, you were put there because... You know, you've done something bad or you're a journalist doing an expose on Tom Nook (laughs) and you're trying to figure out what's going on in my Animal Crossing town. So from game to game is what we were talking about. So Uh that's him in the first game. And then how does he progress through the games? So in the next game, he gets his nephews, Timmy and Tommy, to run the store for him while he goes on to do bigger and more like what is that business capitally things? It's unclear. It's unclear. Oh, so it's <laughs> so his kids are like dad's off being busy with something. 
He's, yeah. you know what he's doing? He's taken all your uh, items that he sold to you or bought from you for bells or whatever, and he's selling them for U.S. dollars. Yeah. Is what I think is going on. Oh, he's yeah. like, I have my own like, currency. like, are a fake currency. So I swindled everyone. When we get to... Like, we're playing with Disney dollars here, and, uh, you know, you can only use them within the park, when but we... I can sell these for real money. Yeah. What? Why do you think Disney dollars are special dollars you can use in Disney? I, no, I'm I'm just making something up. It's Wait, like are, like is that, no, that's it's not a thing. thing. I'm just but you do to... have a Magic Band, Chris, and it's linked to your <laughs> credit card, and you touch you that know, to things. Disney, by Disney dollars, you mean like an arcade token? Yeah, got or, it. Or I, I just yeah. got distracted thinking about Disney. <laughs> It's only a matter of time before Disney has alternate currency, like a like a mobile game. And I will use it <laughs> gladly. Lindsay's like, I'm cash uh, poor, but uh, I'm, I'm cash but poor, but I'm crowns rich. <laughs> yes. I, I was going to call it Mickey money. I was going to call it like Dogecoin. Donald Bucks. Donald Bucks. Ooh. I, I feel I do feel like Donald Duck should be the main character of Disney. But what about that's a conversation? What about Mickey money? <laughs> I already said that one. Oh, you did? Yeah, it's, it's recorded and everything. We can go back and listen to you so. steal my idea. <laughs> so, what, we don't know what Tom I think Duck that was an original doing. Sterling. <laughs> you should see us play match game. Boy. I, so, we don't know what Tom Nook is doing with all his extra time now. No. And, well, and what's he doing in City Life? He still has a, a, does he still have a, yeah, city folk. Does he still have a shop in the town or is he in the city? I can't remember. We've clearly established that's a black hole. In yeah. Our yeah. Wow. Mm, that but, was a but, recession. But New Leaf, um, <laughs> he has a store and he sells you it. He's also the landlord there, but there's like more of a city that he's developed. And my interpretation was he kind of owned that entire strip. Okay. Okay. Like there's uh, other shops there. So yeah, like he's kind of grown beyond just his own department store. He's starting to own like blocks of city streets. So he has like a mall. So kind by of, yeah. New Horizons, he just buys an island. And then he's like, See, people this, should come this settle is there. <laughs> this, this is different from his relationship with you before. Because now you are technically living on his, his island. island. But you're also like exerting a lot of control over it. Yes. Which is why I think in in New Horizons, which I've never played, but I will confidently say this, All right. that you are his property manager. It feels that way, but it's kind of like, he's just like, oh, I trust you. You've been doing a good job. Just do it. He's kind of lazy. Uh-huh. And the other interesting thing about the way they play him in New Horizons is you pay off your house and then you can always upgrade it. So he's immediately like, I see you paid off your house. It looks great. It looks great. But you know what would look even better? more rooms a how house. about i offer you that so i think that you could take it two different ways you could see him as very predatory and mm. keeping you like indentured to him but also you could see it as he will always want to do something that helps you because you financially support him just as much as he financially supports you so i think there's easily two different ways to interpret it which is kind of how life works yeah, with how people so, feel about capitalism again, kind of well like it's like a defanged version of a thing that I mean, like in a lot of ways, people you owe money to are like an antagonist of some kind in your real life. Yeah. They take something that you want, but you did get something from you, them generally. Yeah. But yes. But also you kind of associate like a that college degree. What are, <laughs> what are you associate that with what a real life entails? Right. right. Like that there are people whose interests are sometimes opposed to you um, or they yeah. might have a complicated relationship with you. And it sounds like Tom Nook is a, fantasy version of that where you do have this weird relationship with him but it's not in a way that's really going to negatively affect you 
Yeah. Yeah, I, and I, I just want to comment on all the other games. In the in the other games, yeah. there is like a city hall, a town hall, where not Tom Nook resides. And that is where like Tortimer, the mayor is, and or Isabel, or you go to after Tortimer steps down from being mayor. And you just happen to show up on but, the right day. But, we, and we don't know why you stepped down. But in all the other games, Tom Nook, or the town hall, has the mayor, it has Tortimer, it has Isabel, but Tom Nook isn't there. But in New Horizons, Tom Nook is now, there's no town hall, but there is like the resident services area. So Tom Nook has kind of which, assumed- which he operates? He operates. It's his place okay, now. That is so he has slowly become the government <laughs> of your town, of your new so, island. So he's kind of like the Milton Hershey. Is that his first name? The guy who made Hershey, Pennsylvania? Yeah. He's like the corporate town owner in a sense. Mm-hmm. Which is like Disney. Disney owns its own town. Does Disney count as like a city in Florida? Yeah, Orlando. They they have to enough land. They have to pay for the they pay for their own fire department and like police force, all that kind of stuff. Huh. So, so slowly Animal Crossing has become. But you know that makes sense because if if we look at Animal Crossing as a town designed to do one thing. And to provide this unique experience, maybe Tom Nook is actually selling that experience to all the other animals who are like, yeah. I want to go to this hip town and work there. That's how it's kind of sold is you you build the town to be even better. And they're like, if you make our town better, more people will come make it the best town ever. Here's another question I have related to that. It's obvious what your job is, which is a series of odd jobs that are hard to characterize as any single thing. Do And then obviously some of the other people have clear jobs you see them doing, like I'm a banker or I make coffee or something. Are there any animals who talk about their job that has nothing to do with the game? Uh, some reference things that they do. Um, so like Scoot is a uh, weightlifter. Zip zoom. And he he's offering to be like a personal trainer for you. Okay. Um, Bardo on our island uh, doesn't talk about what he did, but you get the sense that he was a very successful businessman. And Beardo was not is not like Tom Nook or Isabel or something where he's part of the infrastructure. No, of the island. no, he's just one of the villagers. So even there. regular villagers will talk about their jobs sometimes. Yeah, you don't it's really not see typical. It. It's part of their personality more, yeah. I would say, than it okay. is something that actually impacts or interacts with the game and the universe. Because yeah, like a bunch of the other characters won't mention things like that, like, oh, I could be your personal trainer or something like that. Instead, they'll be talking about, oh, my God, I'm fangirling over this, this uh, KK Slider, or I really love your outfit. It's Trey Fabuloso. I'm training to be a pop star. Like, So speaking of that, do you think we should move on to other characters or yeah. is there anything else you wanted to tell me about Tom Nook that uh, I might have missed? I was just going to go on and say that Tom Nook eventually start starts as like capitalism but eventually he becomes the government and He's the you body. become the one percent that fund him oh yeah that's fair i like that interpretation or do or do i don't i don't know <laughs> i don't know how i feel about it makes me <laughs> feel it conflicted <laughs> makes so me feel conflicted who is the feelings. next character we want to highlight then we probably won't be able to hit um, all of them and i feel like we got to talk about isabel because she is one of two npcs i remember because, because she's, she's in Smash. Super Smash Brothers. Yes, yes, that's Chris, exactly. What. If someone's in Smash, Chris knows who. They, if it's in Smash, Chris yeah. knows about it. He's a Smash expert. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Smasher. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who? I don't know. Isabel is 
an adorable dog, um, like a golden with an up ponytail. Okay. Or maybe she's a Shih Tzu. I view her as I view her as as a golden retriever with like an updo. I would guess she's a golden retriever just because that's such an iconic, friendly dog. Yeah, you know I think so, and she is just earnest, very helpful, very likable, and just is there to be your assistant to help you out and make everything about your life easier. So, uh, did she start with New Leaf? I believe so. I think so. Or was so she, she's only been in two she's, games. She's a more recent okay. character. She could be in the city one, and I just wouldn't know. So is her function mostly to help you do like citywide actions, like evicting somebody? I think she's just adorable. She kind of, she replaces the Pelicans, right? A little bit? Pelicans still are at the mail post office. So the post office was a different they building. they are there in New Horizons. No, though, because Park. they put them into, they, they combined the... The dodos. The dodos. Okay. The airport. So is a, but, but at some point, the pelicans are also the assistants to Tortimore. Are you saying they removed the dodos from the game? No, no they added in they the added dodos. dodos. Oh, okay, okay. Weirdly enough. And they took, rid- they took out the pelicans, okay. as far as we know right now. So, but the pelicans had been Tortimer's assistants when he was mayor. But then Isabel kind of takes over that role. And honestly, I don't know how important Isabel is to the story or any of that. I think she's just really good character design. Mm-hmm. She's just okay. really well designed and that's why people like her. She's adorable. She's cute. Is she like a big part of your day-to-day experience? No. Not okay. necessarily. I mean, if you're going to town hall all the time, then I haven't sure. talked to Isabel in a week. Why would you go to town hall all the time? Is that like a thing? Is that like a type of player you could be where you're always I mean, being like, I don't like that person. In the late game of like New Leaf, you could get public projects going and she'd help like decide what you're going to put up. So you could put up like a lighthouse or uh, some sort of memorial or whatever. Okay. And uh, yeah, she's super cute. She has a very like Leslie Nope vibe from Parks and Rec, I'd say. Well, that's like in, in, in attitude. Yeah. Well, you're really selling me on her here. Yeah. Um, she's at- just cute. She's just adorable and spunky and but lucky. like capable. Yes. Yeah. Cool. And you said she came with New Leaf, right? I, I, I think so. I, she was definitely in New Leaf. I don't know if she was there beforehand because there's that black hole of a game that that's pretty nobody cool. seems to have played. Because I, you know, what's interesting is um, Animal Crossing, we mentioned this earlier, has had kind of the same people working on it since New Leaf. And New Leaf, I believe, is when we, uh, I forgot her name, but a woman became director of Animal Crossing. Oh, cool. So for 10 years, one of the biggest Nintendo properties has been directed by a woman. I think that might be one of the few, like, big franchises that this applies to. Interesting. Mm. That's awesome. Well, I like the work that she did on New Horizons, if she's still there and involved in that. Yeah, she's a director, yeah. Well, kudos, because it's... Also, yeah, one of the best-selling, I think the best-selling, or the fastest-selling Switch title, period. Yes. I think it's a great game, and then a lot of things in the universe lined up for it, too. Yeah? So... Hey, that's business. Yes. I saw... That's what Tom Nook would say. (laughs) You can just have a shrimp boat <laughs> after a storm. So any other characters we wanted to touch on? Uh, I like K.K. Slider. I mean, he's a dog. He's a dog. Oh, he's in Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> 
What does he do in Smash? He's an assist trophy. He's a state on the Animal Crossing stage. He will give you a concert at uh, on Saturdays. On Saturday at in the evening. Wow, that's like exactly what he does in this. Oh my God, game. that just blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, now we're gonna have to play Smash tonight. Um, no, we have to or go. We could play Animal. Crossing. We're gonna play. Well, Animal. yes, there's we a real KK concert in Animal Crossing, and I need to get his tunes. I got to figure out which tune I want though. I want but in the game. KK, what's the one that I really like? Oh, I want whatever. Um, KK Disco. Yes. No, no, no. I have KK Disco. I want the um, one that uh, the deer has. Pashmina? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I got to go figure out that jam because so it's fab. What part does KK Slider play in the game? So KK Slider is kind of like a look into the world outside of your town. He also has a story arc across the different games. Okay. Yeah, he does. Um, so KK Slider is like this wandering bard and he... Okay. And he just kind of goes out and plays music and his whole like purpose in life is to play music, but he's really good at it okay. and he's starting to get a big following and he starts out in your first town in the GameCube and as the games go on, he starts developing like a cult following to like becoming like DJ KK. Yeah, in the first game he's a DJ? In the first game he's just kind of a dude who takes the train and stops with just his acoustic guitar and is yeah. like I'm Which just going like to play character. outside. Like, like I feel like I've seen this person a lot of yes. places. Yes. So he's like, I'm just going to play my guitar. And if you like my music, that's great, dude. Here's a cassette. Yeah. He's like, here's my mixtape. I feel like I have run into so many guys Definitely. in my small Japanese town who just come in on the train one day and they're just playing their guitar at the train station. They don't live there. They're, they're Oh, yeah. They found their audience here. Yes. And then they're gone. So that's how he starts. And then, like you said, Sterling... Uh, and he becomes like a DJ. People start like loving him. And in New Horizons, he's like a big star. Uh-huh. And Tom Nook, who literally was started out in the same town with KK Slider, is like, oh my God, we got to like make this island awesome enough so that we can have KK Slider come and play a concert here. Oh, and so that's like an early goal. That's like yeah. the main story. KK is how really? you roll yeah. credits. Yeah. When he Whoa. plays, that's credits. Spoilers. So there is a goal. So, <laughs> I don't so know if that's spoilers. Like, that's always how it's been. So that kind of sets a narrative that is, and then this is a question I'm going to ask you guys, but universal to to every copy of New Horizons, you one uh, thread that will exist in your game is you want your island to be trendy and, and attract enough people to make a superstar want yes. to come and play there. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's accessible early, deliberately, because if you get P- because Animal Crossing is meant to be a game with no end, Lee. Yeah. So if you get people to reach the quote unquote end and like roll credits quickly, they'll still be really into the game yes. and they all know that there's more to play. Yeah, it communicates that like clearly the game can't be over because I haven't paid off my house, but yes, roll credits. Mm-hmm. Yes, but you've accessed all of the tools now. You've accomplished everything Tom Nook wants, and that's where the game really ends. <laughs> or really begins. Yeah. Well, it ends. That's We've accomplished everything Tom Nook wants. What more so is there? Uninstall. Um, but yeah, actually, I, I like KK Slider a lot. He's got a cool design, and um, he's, he's based on a, a real artist, right? Yeah. So actually, um, he was ba- said to be based both in looks and name on the prolific composer and voice actor who co-wrote Animal Crossing's music. Whoa, um, cool! So that that composer's name is Kazumi Totaka. Okay, I and, mean this not in a rude way, but I can't think of a non-rude way to make it sound. What makes him prolific? What else is he known for? Well, he made 91 tracks for yeah. Animal Crossing. I, I mean, yeah. outside of Animal Crossing. I don't know. 
I mean, they did. I remember that in the interviews for Animal Crossing, the original, they said that music was such a huge part of the game that they had to hire. They hired four composers for the one game, which is rare. And I am assuming that was one of them. So he must have had some kind of qualifications before he did. um, He as prolific is like when you call someone a prolific composer, I'm like, whoa. So it's it's he's prolific composer slash voice actor. So he does. He did a lot of um, voices you might know, such as uh, EGAD of Luigi's Mansion. Um, he did sound effects, um, for Yoshi's story. Sound effects. (laughs) Well, well, amazing. He's like, Yoshi. Yeah. So (laughs) he landed the role of Yoshi after making up the sound effects in a meeting during the development of the game. Wait, did he He make up the sound or whatever? How do you, like when you land on Yoshi, when you're like in Mario world, when you jump on Yoshi, it makes a starting at Yoshi's story. Oh, okay. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? We've established my minimal Mario knowledge outside of watching Mario streamers. Dude, in Mario, you've never played Mario World? Oh, I think also, I've played he it. Did, um, I don't like it. He sit on a dinosaur in it? Probably. He, apparently, and according went, to cuz cuz I didn't know all this, I'm looking it up right now. He's probably best known and loved for a simple 19-note melody known as Tataka's song. Um and it, Oh, that's like everywhere. What is that? It's in Mario's paint. It's in, oh, started in Mario Paint, that's where but that's from. Okay. I can uh, I can try and play a little short snippet of it. Sure. All right. And if it doesn't work, uh, the audience will be very confused when we come back and we're like, that, that didn't work. That's right. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. We could easily edit this in, but this is what we're going to do instead. I guess so that was it. That, I don't know what you would call that. <laughs> okay, a, wow, what a payoff. <laughs> that melody does appear in a bunch of other Nintendo games. Okay, apparently. interesting. I don't know which games those are. So, so, anyways, just to finish up this thread real fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tataka was uh, lovingly put into there to like mimic KK Slider, and KK Slider's Japanese name. Wait, is, you mean the other way, right? KK was put in there yeah, to mimic. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Yes, you you got me. Um, so KK Slider's Japanese name is Tota KK, which is a oh uh, like a pun off of his name. Yeah, yeah. And when they translated that to English, they just called it KK Slider. I will say and while so we're we got him talking about music, I know eventually, like now. There's a different melody for every hour of the game, which you can Whoa. get a, an extension in Chrome that will just play that in the background for you a every hour. Or like a different, like a different song, the same melody. No, a different melody. Whoa! Every hour is its own like tune, and that's a New Horizons. I believe. Oh, it's definitely a New Horizons. I believe it was in New Leaf as well. Because in the interview for the GameCube version, they were talking about how like they were making hundreds of tracks so that you wouldn't hear the same song. Like within a close period of time. Yeah, there's like a different background theme for each hour of the day. And they're all amazing. No, they're not. I hate 8 a.m. Because that's normally when I'm awake and playing it. 7 a.m. sounds like everything by Michael Buble. Yeah, 7 a.m. is good it's and like, 9 a.m. is good. I this track naming convention. Like I, I want to <laughs> see a CD where like every track is a different, that's like a concept album. Yes. Oh, man. So I think... Real quick, he's not a super important character, but I would be remiss to not mention him because he's my favorite. And that is Blathers, the adorable owl who runs the museum. So you donate things to him and he hates bugs, but loves fossils and fish. Does he talk like a lot? 
Mm-hmm. Yes, that's, he, he yeah, that's the stick. And, and he, he might say he blathers on. I think um, he has an... In- <laughs> I want to just edit out laughs at Lindsay's jokes. <laughs> <laughs> just make it sound like... That's well, what I just did. Actually. You just have to edit out your laugh, Chris. Oh, oh ah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just, I'm a meanie now. Um, Blathers has some character development over the games. Um, in New Leaf, when you give him a fish, he doesn't really tell you much about the fish. He tells you best ways to prepare the fish to eat it. Whereas now he finally tells you something interesting about it. And I will say, are all, all of the fish bugs and dinosaurs in Animal Crossing are real? Yeah. Okay. They're- all based on real things and the information yeah. is accurate to the best they of my show you knowledge. Like an evolutionary chain. Yes, yeah, we made museum. Chris look at our museum. In the new yeah, the new museum it's it's, it's really gorgeous. cool. Um it's But a, they use like like traditional dinosaur names and and stuff like that. I think it's really cool. And I feel like we've talked very little about the museum, but for, I remember for Sterling the museum including the aquarium are like really really central goals of the game for you it's why i play the game i i love filling up the museum it's i play to perfect my house um so i'm going to ask about this but before we get to what i'm going to ask you next are there any other characters you want you think should be discussed i have like rossetti and lloyd on here but i don't know rossetti might be interesting Um, just because he's a character they created a character to address a meta problem which is resetting your game. Yeah. Yes. Or not saving your game. Right. Yes. So if you did something you didn't like or you wanted to like try and like R- scam the RNG, the random number generation for like things. Uh, would he, he would pop up if you time hop too, right? No. Oh, okay. Because time hopping doesn't, uh, it, it, he doesn't know. Okay. Um, but in the GameCube, if you didn't save the game, it would know that you started the game but didn't save it. So he'd come on and be like, hey, not okay. But as they slowly added in like auto saving, um, oh, they got rid of it. However, um, Mr. Rossetti, he's like a mole with like a construction hat and overalls has like kind of a Mario vibe, except mole. And he talks, he talks for like a long time, right? Oh, that's he your punishment. You. Yes. He, he lectures you and screams at you. And, uh, they part one of the reasons they also took him out besides the fact that they, Created it's less autosave, relevant, yeah. Um, is that he made a lot of children cry? Oh, really? <laughs> That's yeah. Amazing. They they hated it. I kind of feel like that was the point. Well, right. Like some <laughs> people love him. They're like, uh, oh man, like I love this character. That's a really unique way of dealing with it. Like people that like played video games. They're like, that's cute. Like I think that's awesome. But kids, some kids just like funny. could not handle him. I read so, that I he's the rescue service guy. In well, that's where they put Horizons. him in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But so you don't see him. You don't get to see him anymore. So do you think is he supposed to feel like some kind of parental figure, and that's why he's no. scolding you? No. He felt like if you are outside and you accidentally get in the way of some like construction worker, what that would feel like. I've oh. never done that. But like, you know what, you know what I'm talking about? But you imagine it when you walk. It feels in. like Agent like Smith in the someone, Matrix. Someone is out there doing. Okay, these are very <laughs> Like someone's like trying to do something and you just like are walking your normal path and happen to be in their way. And they're like, what are you doing? You didn't see that I'm working. And you're like, oh, my, no, I didn't. This is just where I go. I, I didn't know it wasn't on purpose. And they're just so angry. They're not listening to you because they're just trying to do their damn job. That's what he felt like to me. But apparently Sterling, I don't know, was invited to 
wake up to his new reality or something. He's like, yeah, you're Animal Crossing character. You can't do that in here. This is like you're outside in the Matrix looking oh, in. Oh, he's, he's protecting the integrity of like the the, the simulation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's in- protecting the social simulation. I see. Oh, yeah. Well, what does he do? He say anything if you rewind time? No, because he doesn't know. Like, you uh, can't uh, tell, like, time is different. Your game keeps track of the time, uh-huh. and so, like, your save will be like, oh, it's May 4th. What? Have you ever tried rewinding time? Uh, yeah, I mean... Rewinding it? I no. did it. Like, setting your clock back? I did it. I never I never rewound. Has anything happened? I mean, you get things that access to things that weren't previously available. I would fast forward. Yeah, and, and, and Nintendo, like, tried to address in this one by gating events behind DLC, so... But, but, but wait, wait, wait. When you say you would get access to things, how does rewinding time give you access to... Because it just sets it to the date, so if it's, like... If he rewound it like to July, Christmas. Yeah, I could rewind it to oh, Christmas. Oh, that's what you mean. And then I, I could see. just play Christmas Day over and over and get, like, an event item. But, but you don't, like... I, I guess what I'm, like, fishing for here is, like, someone who moved away doesn't suddenly come back. No, into the, no, no, okay. no. They're gone forever. No. Okay. It doesn't... Setting the time doesn't change anything about your progression. Okay. It just changes what the world is like. One of my gotcha. favorite Animal Crossing little tidbits, because talking about animals moving away, was one guy um, oh. recently disclosed a very traumatic incident to him. Um, oh, yeah. Where he, somebody asked, who was your first crush? And he's like, this dog from so Animal Crossing. This, and this was on GameCube. It was on GameCube. Okay. And he wrote like love letters to her and eventually his friend came over. Can you type letters into the game? Yeah, you can write letters to them and they really looks for like words and says like, oh, this is a good letter. It's a bad letter. It's whatever. And then they react accordingly. But, but you're like actually selecting individual letter. Okay. I yeah, really you have, have to, you this. have to individually input each letter to write the letter. Got it. Um, oh my God. It takes forever. So in GameCube version and uh, I mean, in, I don't know, probably in this one too, but animals can move away from your town. Uh-huh. And if they do, um, sometimes they'll go to your friend's town that visited. And so this dog that he uh-huh. fell in love with went to a friend's town and started showing all the letters that he had written, like well, these these love letters to him, and he got ridiculed at school. So he, so his his friend, did his friend, when, when they talk to an NPC, the NPC you're saying will be like, hey, I got this letter from X player character. And they'll show you the letter. And does that happen because both of your memory cards are plugged in at the same time and, and um, that, yes, that creature mm-hmm. takes that data with That's them to amazing. the new memory card. It was so very cool. That kind of underlines traumatic for that kid, but cool overall. Mm-hmm. yeah but that's like that's like a very literal version of the communication element yes they have taken a cultural uh Relic. piece of information from your game and moved it to somebody else's yes yeah just happened to be very personal <laughs> yeah very personal do people do that write love letters to their just animal like, crossing look characters? at this letter i got oh Lindsay. Well, i've currently <laughs> been sending one of my friends like real life friends um letters over the internet the game. and just sending him like oh my god this spooky piece of furniture like i found it in a house it was empty the villager was missing i don't know what happened investigate this sterling's like creating fun scenarios and sending letters to his friends with stuff i'm just sending my sister random stuff i find that i think she'd like and i just type boo so you, so you guys are saying stuff over the internet to your friend. Yes. I see. And then do villagers randomly leave your town and like show up in like one of our friends' towns? Uh, I don't know how it works now. So New Horizons, it's a bit too early to say, but all the other games, yeah. Yeah, because that seems like a big part of it, that like someone that you 
think of as being unique to your village has now left. Yeah. A piece of information is just gone now. Okay. It's in somebody else's town. This could be a good time if you guys are, are mentally and emotionally prepared to transition to the movie. Okay. So, okay. I'm ready. So there's a, there's a couple reasons why the movie is interesting. First of all, because the plot is very, first of all, because it exists and ex- there's an animal crossing animated movie. It's what? called an anime, but it doesn't look like an anime really. Well, it, well, it looks like kind of like the Pokemon anime. cartoon, Cart- like anime for kids in Japan looks like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They look a lot more like our cartoon. Okay. So I was going to ask you guys, what are your, what were your narratives in your game? Like very briefly, mm. What would you think of as like the story of your New Horizons game? And I think it would be fun to New Horizons or previous ones. Let's say the most interesting thread, like narrative that you've created with the game in a in an Animal Crossing file throughout the franchise. And I think it would be interesting to compare that to the movie because the movie is okay. at least ostensibly showing you what is Animal Crossing about? What yeah. does a typical story look like? Yes, right? they're like idealized story that they yeah. expect people to have. And I think it would be good to focus on early Animal Crossing game because the movie in 2006, I think. Okay. So it would just be the GameCube game and possibly... The DS one. Yeah. So my first game, the narrative was definitely me moving away to be on my own. Okay. Meeting a cool cat, maybe named Tom. Is there a cat named Tom? I don't know. He was He had the grumpy personality. And I was like this is my Animal Crossing boyfriend. And really working off my debt with Tom Nook, hanging out with the cat who is also maybe named Tom and perfecting my house. I was really into the cute collection at the time because of course I was. So it was just about collecting all of the furniture I could and running errands. I just ran errands because I wanted furniture. I just would do anything for furniture so decorating your house, maybe to impress your love interest? No, he wasn't invited over. Um, <laughs> He's an outside boyfriend. <laughs> He's an outside cat. <laughs> so it was like, you know, I cultivated the like friendships, but it was really, in the end, every relationship I was developing in that game was just to serve my house. I was like... Even the cat? Um, I 50-50, it's hard to say, but... It was pretty much just like I wanted the perfect, cutest house. And once I got there, I was like, I, I did it. But, so did your goal with him interact at all with the goal of your house or are these two separate things? Oh, if they like you better, they give you furniture like more consistently. Is that why you like the cat? Pro- I mean, it contributed. I like that he was grumpy, too. I was like, this is a grumpy cat. Okay, cool. So my probably the, mo- the Animal Crossing that I had the biggest relationship with was New Leaf. And I kind of felt like Indiana Jones because um, I would catch things and be like, that belongs in a museum. <laughs> and I like how different this is so far. <laughs> so my goal was to like go and explore my entire town to find every possible flora, fauna and fossil to like populate my museum. And then I would go and start like raiding tents of like sketchy art dealers and being like that belongs in a museum and stealing that too and then it sounds like we played completely different you say games stealing but you you bought it right well i bought it but i mean there's no way that he should have the real mona lisa so he stole it and i'm in the receipt of stolen goods the ergo i have just, just putting it in a museum i am 
I am not doing anything like a new museum. I really like the idea of you just finding the Mona Lisa and saying this belongs in a museum, but not the Louvre. You just take it to your local museum and not not to the person he stole it from. Yes, (laughs) no, that belongs in my museum. (laughs) That's another. That's such another thing that's like a dark element of real life, where it's like there's museums and a lot of stuff originally was just stolen from somebody. Yeah, oh, that is how museums work. Yeah. yeah. And then in the game, it's it seems intentional that like your source of art is a guy with no scruples yes. <laughs> about how he got it. Although weirdly enough, the like fossils and other things in the museum, we do get. Those are not yeah, stolen fossils or yeah. anything like that. You're an archaeologist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, real quick... So, so your narrative was mostly about you and your mind, like cataloging what is unique about this town and like recovering these things that should be ex- accessible to everybody. Yeah, except I kind of viewed the museum as my Pokedex and I was like, all right, I'm going to catch them all. And then I caught them all. But um, in addition to that, while I was like an explorer by day and night, like my home I cared about the Happy Home Academy, which is an organization yes. in the wow. game that rates your home and gives you points. Wow. Um, and I really cared about like make getting the most points because I wanted to have like the cool trophies in my house. So you guys also, I noticed that like in Lindsay's story, it's a lot of personally set metrics of success. And in your story, it was more related to the metrics that the game like, exist through some kind of variable, like some number in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted the rarest things. So this is interesting <laughs> to me. Uh, one other question. To this day, Sterling is like, oh, this person will make a bug statue if you give them three bugs. Take these three rare bugs you caught and give it to them. I'm like, I don't want a bug statue in my apartment. That would look terrible in my decor. I want to sell it so I can get yeah. cute things. And Sterling's like, but that statue would be rare. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. I just want to point out, because that's, that's a real thing. Because when Sterling was showing me his house, he would show me this like, the fish i mean fun like non sequitur of a of a piece and be like look at this weird fish it only shows up on friday the 13th or something <laughs> like that I'm like whoa now that i know that that's cool. it only shows up when it's raining chris and no. also the sialacanth statue requires that you give three sialacanths to a guy who randomly shows up in your town and Voila, which means you have to have three Cielicanths on hand. Luckily, Sterling had seven. I had seven in my house because <laughs> so, wow. I like them. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so uh, two follow-up questions. I okay. Uh, yeah, the Cielicanth is actually Very the link ones. between fish and like land Humans. creatures. Oh, land okay. creatures. They're the supposedly really? the missing link between how fish were transferred from water. They have land. little leg things. They have, like, their fins lo- have bones and like leg-like claws. Yeah, look, we'll look them up after that's this. It's creepy. I didn't know that's what made them special. Well, that I'm, that's clearly what you were going to ask, I imagine. Oh my God. Um, two very brief questions. One, you know how you can design your own patterns for stuff yeah. in the games, which I think has been around for a Since bit. the GameCube. Yeah, all the um, time. Do villagers ever do that? Do they create art? Because that would no, be mine. No, but they wear it. Yeah, if you uh, put art up, at least in the old ones, sometimes they'd come around, uh, come around with their uh, with your fashion on. Well, you made Sterling made me a Sailor Moon dress for this one, and Victoria, our horse, bought it and is Whoa. wearing it oh with God, a witch's would, hat. Okay, so we're talking <laughs> about different narratives. So I haven't played New Horizons, but that would be my goal: is to make as many. To get villagers in my village, buy my fashion designs, and then send them all to everybody else's villages. Ooh, and then, spread them. Yeah, and they all just say Which quotes. outfits do catch on. I did, 
Like everyone started wearing these witch hats in our town. Yeah, it was there's the frugal hat. It looks like the scarecrow's hat in yeah. Wizard of Oz. Okay. And I we bought a bunch of them because we thought they were cool. I got a it's called a soft serve hat and it's like supposed to look like a little swirl of ice cream, except it's chocolate ice cream, so it just looks like a oh, little poop. Like poop. Okay. Uh and I gave it to a character that I like. I was like, I don't know, here you go. I don't want to have it. And he, he has worn it nonstop. He immediately like normally sometimes He's in love. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes they'll look at you and be like, Thanks, and put it in their pocket. But he was like immediately He's transfixed. Like, he, yes. he was transfixed by it. He's like, Oh my god, a soft serve hat? This is what I've always wanted. And he puts it on his hat and it just looks like he's, he's had poop he's a head. lion too so, he, so it's like this tiny little swirl he has, been, mane. he has been walking around town for the past week with poop on his head and nobody and that's but like okay i i hate to like keep bringing this back to like the serious discussion but like that is a very clear example of like you getting to have this virtual influence over these people yes. that the game is simulating. For and it you. creates such a funny story and funny narrative too, which I right. think is what's That's unique to you. Yes. Maybe there could be lots of lines with soft serve poop hats out there. All right, what was your second question, Chris? So, second question is, is there, the game is cataloging. Did you find every fish? Did you catch every bug? What about meeting the villagers? Is there a catalog of every villager? No, but, Yes. Okay. And let me uh and in the in New Leaf and a couple of the other ones, if you became as good uh, as good a friend as you can with a villager, they'd give you a picture of themselves. And that picture of them is or any furniture really is logged into your catalog, which is uh every piece of furniture that you've ever got. So technically, if you want to be a true completionist, you can get every piece of furniture, which would then require you to get every a photo. Yeah. Interesting. But you would have to go out of your way to make sure each photo is up with a unique villager. Yes. And oh. you don't, and your town can only have up to like eight, eight people, eight like villagers in it. Oh, so you really, it was only eight. you really don't want, and I mean, if you're connecting with these yeah. villagers and creating stories, you don't want to be like, all right, you got to go because I have your picture. So similar to like Persona, you can max it out, but you have to wear a lot of masks. Yeah, yeah. You're a sociopath. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So these are two narratives that I feel like I've heard, and not, not to you know say you guys aren't special to but minimize. Because I'm very special. Things I've heard about the Animal Crossing experience doesn't yeah. surprise me that much. How does this compare with the movie? What's the oh movie God. about? The movie is. I'll let Lindsay handle this. So I, I'm not gonna lie. I only got through half of the movie, but that's a lot of that movie to get through, and it's not. I do know what happens at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, you can read about it. I, we both, we all read the whole thing. The movie is not hot garbage. Like, I'm not going to sit here and it's tell you it's... Garbage. No, it's not hot garbage. It's just very deliberately juvenile. I would say that the movie... Like, like the target demographic is very... Yes. I would say that the movie is deliberately targeted lower at a lower age group than the game, which is a bizarre choice, I think. Interesting. The art... Like, you mentioned it, it looked like anime aimed at young kids... The main character does isn't drawn like the humans in the Animal Crossing games at all. She's just drawn like a very like chibi anime girl. Okay. Very very young, like not not like like Mini Moon from Sailor Moon or anything, but like kind of what you think of when you see kids art on like a happy meal kind of a thing. Like very young, I don't even know how to describe it. Very young, like she looks like maybe she is 7. Mm-hmm. I think I read somewhere that she's supposed to be 10 or 11, but she looks young you know, and they act young. On that note, I, I did notice that at least in like the 
early 2000s um, or by then, a lot of game adaptations I saw coming from Japan were aimed at like little kids. Really? What else? The, the Beautiful Joe anime is like very like. What? It that's really bizarre. That's the impression I got. Like, oh, okay. very like little kid cartoon. Like, you watch Anpan Man, and then like maybe you could watch Beautiful Joe after that Whoa. or something. But not all of them. Like, this, Street Fighter is not for kids. This would put uh, me in Street mind. Fighter's cartoon is hilarious. Full frontal nudity <laughs> in that one. This would put me in mind of when I think about like, I would place it just above like Nihao Kailan or something like that. Okay. It, it seemed very young. And it also, this movie felt like. I didn't see anything about it, but this movie felt like they wanted it to be the pilot for a TV show. Like it's long. It is movie length, but it had that TV show vibe because it's like, here are all the kooky yeah. characters. So there's this girl named I or A-E-I-O-U. Yes. I as an A-E-I-O-U is how she introduces herself every time. <laughs> Wait, I as an A-E-I-O-U? No, it, in, it, we watched it in English. So she's oh, like, I, oh. I like A-E-I-O-U. Oh, so wait, hold on. <laughs> she introduced herself as the letter I? I believe yes. so. Yes, but they spell Amazing. it A-I. Okay, okay. So, Which is a real name. Yeah. And so she comes to the town just for a fresh start to get away. I don't know. She's in the back of the taxi, which is New Leaf. With Cap'n. Yeah. Cap'n was a driver. In, yeah, in, He's a oh. driver in a few of them. Although this isn't New Leaf. This is Wild World. Wild World. Yes, this or, is probably based on yes. Wild World. Okay. So... She's in the back of the taxi. She gets there and carries her suitcase in to see the mayor who's like, are you going to vote for me? And she's like, I, I don't know. And she's forced into saying yes. Also, again, is a child. And then she has to go see Tom Nook, who is like, okay, you're going to get land. But first, you got to work for me. So she has to start running errands. So over the course of this, she's running the errands. She has her house. You don't really see a lot of her house. Like she never really messes around with furniture or anything. Yeah, that's interesting. It's mostly about her making friends with other animals and like their personality types. And there's one other random human who apparently just visits the town. His name is you. Yes. Okay. So there's I and you. And you also wears, like, he cosplays? He just dresses up like characters like you can in Animal Crossing. So he has, like, pirate outfit or fossil outfit or... Ninja. Ninja outfit, yeah. So he's just running around catching bugs with a crocodile friend or alligator. I'm not sure. And that's their thing. And then she becomes really good friends with an elephant who wants to be a fashion designer and they stumble into a cave that they take a boat to get to and find this big fossil that the museum is missing. Okay. But there's a cave in, so they don't get the fossil. Aww. Also, she's getting mysterious notes about how she needs to plant trees a certain way to do a thing. Yeah. And then her elephant friend leaves her to go friend. to another, her elephant friend leaves to go elephant. to, I guess. This I'd, is like the final, from what I remember, this is like the big turn yes. of the movie. She so the elephant friend leaves to go be a fashion designer, and the human girl I is like really pissed off and pouty and doesn't go to her going away party. And one of the other animals is like, "Hey, that was kind of a lame move. You should support her with her dreams." Which is, I'm like tearing up here. Interesting <laughs> because in the game, like the whole the way they found the fossils and the way she worked her job, none of that resonated with me. I wasn't yeah. like, "Oh yeah, that's how the game feels." I was like, "This is a lot." But the idea of, well, villager moved and that sucks. That is a real experience. It's a real experience. And it's also like, if we say that one of the roles Animal Crossing can play is to simulate adult social life 
for a child. And if a child is a target of this movie, then the movie arc is about a child experiencing what a real adult relationship is like, including the fact that like they are distinct from you and they will leave you. I would say that's, that's probably even more true as a kid. Because think yeah. about as a kid, if you have a friend who has to move oh, away and then mm-hmm. you didn't have a lot of options for staying in contact with them, really, because you're, you're a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As they go to a different school or something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. True. They have to move to a new state. Like, bye. But the reason I bring up adult is because I feel like in one of the summaries I read, it said that she was telling people she's so excited about living on her own. Mm. Did that come up in the movie? I don't remember that. I mean, okay. a little, but I don't think she was like too thrilled about the whole debt thing. Okay. Yeah, Why? she seems very surprised about money. Why did she move there? She doesn't say. Which, I, by the way, being surprised about debt does track very well for my <laughs> coming into adulthood <laughs> and being like, I'm supposed to have debt? <laughs> she doesn't really say. Just okay. like, because it sounds fun. So in case you thought that wasn't enough plot for this movie, there's more because... Aliens. Not even a joke. Her trees oh, attract what? an alien crash landing... <laughs> But it turns out it wasn't an alien. It's just another animal who wanted a really big entrance. So he had been sending her these notes to plant the trees a certain way. What? Don't they? They turn into stars, I think. Well, that's different. She is trying to help him find his parts to replay, like fix his UFO. And she finds a real star that was attracted to the earth by her trees. And they send the star back. And that's the. None of that happens in Animal Crossing, right? You can wish Uh, on stars in the latest one and use them to craft things. Okay. But they're not sentient. I can't remember if Gulliver was an astronaut in one of the games, but maybe. I don't know. It is weird. Despite those weird elements, it does kind of sound like... One of like it like that movie is trying to communicate one of the stated thematic goals of the game. Yeah, it definitely. I think that it does a poor job of conveying most of the things about the game, but it does a really good job of capturing the relationships. But then I think that was weird for me because what was your favorite fact about the movie, Sterling? You, I think you said it earlier. Uh, that Apollo the Eagle and Whitney the Wolf were in a relationship but Which aren't is anymore. so bizarre because that's not a part of the game. Like, also, they don't, villagers cannot be in relationships. Well, I mean, it's not that they can't. They, they can't be, but you can kind of make up your own story. So, like, in our town, Norma and Coach uh, often hang out. hang out together, and then sometimes Coach walks away upset. Like, Coach also talks about, he's like, have you been to Norma's house? She makes the best peach tea. Okay, so, so they do have relationships. They do, not, not explicitly explicit. romantic. Yeah. yeah, And so I think... That was such a weird sub, like random plot point to add to this movie when the movie is obviously aimed at even younger demographics than the people yeah. who play the game. Yeah. You think the movie and is also trying to get kids to like see things they don't understand? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, again, I think the game is really just trying to say like, you know, here's kind of a snippet into what life might be like, but it's a lot more fun. There's a way to make things enjoyable throughout life. Like, you know, we all have obligations, but there are things that put stuff in savings kids. You know, there are things that we do that might not be fun, but you can make it fun. Um, And also people will come into your life. People will leave your life, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you'll forget them. And it doesn't mean that you won't stop being friends. Um, But when it comes to the movie, Whitney, the wolf, dated Apollo the Eagle oh and I, I but again like when you I she also but wait, 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 wait Whitney, Whitney also tells yes, the little girl say. go for it is she's when you first meet Whitney the wolf she's like very mature and she's like if you want to know how to be a woman come and visit the wolf says that 
to an 11 year old. To the child girl. Okay. Who now we know Whitney the Wolf has had a relationship. So what does that actually mean? What is weird about the the relationship between the wolf and this kid does sound a little bit strange. What about the relationship with the wolf and the eagle is so weird? That first off that they're willing to talk about relationships at all Uh and that there is a relationship. So she has notoriously gone and dated people Uh and her only other line of dialogue is come to me if you want to know how to be a woman. Interesting. It's a weird choice. It's so that's such a weird choice. Yeah. What, it what, what, it what? never technically came out in English, but there are fan dubs available. I would not. Good. Note. Dub. Note yeah. That Lindsay said fan dubs. Yes. Have you never? That's a thing. I, I've seen fan dubs of things that have no voice acting. Like I've seen like the Persona 4 comics from Hi, I'm Daisy. Mm-hmm. Like there's fan dubs of that. Oh, people do fan dubs all the time. I actually, I almost, well, I, it's probably because I like was on sites for like casting calls for fan voice acting stuff or just like what, what would you entry say level. Is, but I saw lots of opportunities for like fan dubs. What would you say is like the biggest fan dub? Pro- I'm just so curious about this. Oh, I don't know if I know enough about that. Being simulcast of an anime or like, if it's not getting a dub quickly. So the big one I can think of was Darling in the Franks. I really love. There's a fan dub of it? There, Someone was doing a fan dub of it before the dub was out. Because it was The official dub. Cast. Right. Okay. So, and I looked at the project, but I mean, no shade to the project. I didn't like the... Um, you had creative differences. Yes. I didn't like the VA doing the, the main guys. I'm like, I'm not going to put in my stuff okay. for that. But... Wow. It's opened my eyes to a whole new world. Yeah. I don't know how big that like circle is and again i haven't really done much with that but i know i do know it exists so but you know like like imagining that now i think like that does sound fun like if you were voice acting you'd be like why not make my own version yeah pinocchio i would love that i've always people do it for disney movie clips a lot like they do oh i'm doing this scene as a challenge as like voice acting stuff just to get some groundwork I'm sure the people who work on like a bridge series mm-hmm. for them, it's not just I'm making a, a funny show. They're probably like, I've always wanted to play Vegeta. Well, that too. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I think so. I think there's some overlap with stuff like that. Anyway, um, it's like the movie is not even it's it's just so young. Mm-hmm. It's it's just not something you enjoy sitting through. It's not like it's a bad movie. That's so bad. It's good. Or like a weird look into another world. It's just kind of a kid's movie that makes some weird choices about this video game. IP. So the uh, English dub we watched had KK slider actually singing and Oh boy, that's, <laughs> it's just not what I imagined. And nothing again, no shade against the, the voice actor, but like everybody in animal crossing speaks animalese, yeah. which we didn't touch on, but um, like, like sim language almost. No. Well, so sim no. language is different. Animal Lease was actually constructed, and there's a difference between Japanese Animal Lease and English Animal Lease. And the mm-hmm. game is like, I, I believe that they're kind of reading all the letters like in a word simultaneously okay. very fast. It is up. specifically crafted to sound like high-pitched, faster versions of your language. Yeah. So the cadence oh. and the like vowel shapes of the like quote unquote fake language actually mimics Japanese. If you're playing the Japanese version and English, if you're playing the English version to help add to the relatability of the character. Yeah. So you feel a bit more attached to them because they moved away from it and used nonsense for one of the games and then went back to this. Right. So is the, 
is that so sim language is different because it's absolute nonsense that's just that's nonsense. just nonsense they sim language i think they took they hired actors to make nonsense yes. but like sounds like a oh, language but but the animal crossing one is that procedurally generated? Or no, are there actual voice oh. actors who are recording fake. Oh, I don't know. Lines. I think. It, I think it is proceed. It, I think it is mostly procedural, but. Um, okay. But they're still having it read in that. Right. Language. Like they're saying. Whereas like, in the Sims, yeah. they were like, "Oh, like, hey, English blah, 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 voice blah, blah, blah. actor, come in and just speak just nonsense," and then they kind of merged the nonsense. But the nonsense words you come up with are going to be unique to your primary well, language. Letters are appearing on your screen, right? No, no, like if you, if they just bring you into a booth, Chris, and they're like, speak nonsense, you will probably come up with nonsense oh, that is yes. English specific yeah. because you're going to break it down to like your phonemic awareness based on English language. Right. But for Animal Crossing, it sounds like the actors are actually saying like individual letters. Or yes. Sounds. Or the computer is like reading it. Whatever kind of voice they have is actually trying to emulate English to some extent, but with some level of. Chopping and screwing. No, I'm thinking like like <laughs> distance. Oh, okay. You know? All right. So before we move on to what I'm sure will be your favorite part. Yeah. Maybe we can kind of compare very briefly what we're talking about to the origins of the game and talk a little bit about the development history. Okay. So. Is that going to be other than like the inspiration stuff? Yes. Okay, so cool. Just real quick for anyone curious. Um, you know, we talked about how the first game in the series was Animal Forest on the 64. Right. Japanese only. Which was, this was made for the 64 DD, the, the disc drive. Right. So, Lindsay, do you know what the 64 DD is? I have no idea. You brought it up earlier, and I was I was promised that I would learn about it right now. This is not unprecedented for Nintendo. So, th- this was something they did on the NES. In Japan, um, they had a literally like a floppy disk drive that you attach to your NES. And a lot of games we know came from that. Okay. And like, that's how game saves started on the NES. Okay. Was like, if you played Zelda or Castlevania or something like that, you could actually save it because there was a rewritable disk. Oh, interesting. Okay. And there was more data, like room to work for. So the 64 DD was an expansion on that because historically there was like this big shortage of like cartridges because the 64 used really expensive big cartridges like to fit games on. And they were competing with CDs, so they had to keep using bigger cartridges, right? So the disk drive was basically like you put in a zip disk, like a big disk you insert into an attachment to the 64, and now suddenly you have way more room to work with, and you can edit and save things to this disk. And the big game that came out for it was Mario Artist, which Hmm. was a sequel to Mario Paint. You could make like your own polygonal characters and like texture them. And that's so cool. And I feel, I bring that up because I think that that is part of what animal crossing started as is like, this is a creativity game. Yeah. Especially you brought up designing your own patterns. Right. So communication was such a big part of what the 64 DD was about. Yeah. So I think that's why they said like in the interviews where they talk about like, well, how do we come up with this idea? They were like, well, really, if you really want to get down to brass tacks, they told us make a 64 DD game. And we were like, <laughs> the fuck does that look like? I don't know. Mario <laughs> artist. Like, what is this? Yeah. about? Right. And so they came to the conclusion that it would have to be about communication. Interesting. Anything that had that much player input, the whole theme of the game should be about that. That's so interesting too, especially as we compare it to how we think about communication in modern games. 
Yeah. Much less artistic. Much more direct, because, right? Yeah. Yeah. You have a microphone and, uh, you know, you have people call your mother names. And Yeah. And, and it's interesting to look at this because... Weirdly enough, I was doing that with my Animal Crossing patterns on the GameCube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mom. Shut up, mom. On a t-shirt. So on, on Animal Forest on... Uh, on N64, on the DD, they were like, okay, we don't know what genre this is, so we're going to call it communication. And if you look at subsequent interviews that came out later, excuse me, they just say, very matter-of-factly, it's a communication game. Like, you <laughs> saw them, like, come up with this term in real time. And then just like, double down. Yeah. And so communication to them meant not just... Uh, not just like Sterling showing me his like his house, which they thought that was a major element of communication is players showing another player what they've created. Makes sense. Um, but then also, you know, you talking to villagers. So like that's kind of like their way of expressing what we call a social simulation. So communication with an AI character. Mm-hmm. And then this is what I thought was the most interesting thing. Communication between players about the game to understand what the fuck the game is about. Which is, there's a lot of figuring it out, for sure. Well, like, also, characters will say things that don't make any sense to children. And according to this early interview, they said they put in these jokes and, and, and weird statements that should mean nothing to a kid, but will get them, like, wondering, like, what does this mean? And they're supposed to then talk to their parents. That's cool. And and what reminded me of that was when you mentioned the wolf saying, I'm going to teach you how to be a woman. <laughs> I, I imagine a kid will then go up to their mom and be like, what does it mean to be a woman? Man, I will say I, I never had a question about Animal Crossing for my parents that I can recall. Uh-huh. Um, I think... <laughs> Did, did you? Why are you laughing and nodding? I, no, I just, I just think I, I didn't either. So okay. I just think it's okay. like... See, games were always my secret from my parents. They're, I'm like, this is my world. They oh my gosh. Know. No, my parents... My dad wants me to go and play ba- baseball or something, and I just want to stay and play my video games. I, I got in trouble <laughs> I got for... my girlfriend in, in my PlayStation. <laughs> I got in trouble for reading too much, so <laughs> when I wasn't reading, they were like, oh, finally, we got her off the books. <laughs> Yep. No, they were trying to... My mom is a reading teacher. <laughs> my, my parents got weirdly mad at me for both reading too much and and also playing video games. I mean, it's not really confusing. It's not weird. They just wanted me to play cricket or basketball. Let's see. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about what are your actual experiences in the game. We talked about what do the developers want you to experience. And then we talked a little bit about like... What would uh, some movie director or script writer... Oh, my gosh. Like, how would they summarize this game in a movie? Let's talk about what happens when the game gets out of the normal experience and we start filtering it through the internet, really, is what this yes. comes down to. Let's so we talk start about poisoning some- it? <laughs> we start corrupting this innocent game. Uh, some fan theories. Yes. So the first theory that I want to, you know, pass on to you and the audience that I found on Reddit and unfortunately don't remember the name of the person who posted it. So Love it. Sorry, guy. Great. Or lady. Progressive. <laughs> the first theory is that your player character is actually in the afterlife, that they are in what? of purgatory. No. This which, sounds like a really cool purgatory. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm not. I don't know why it's purgatory specifically, I should say. Like, why not heaven? Or limbo. Yeah. Or hell. Limbo is purgatory, isn't it? Depending on your perspective. It is. 
Um, limbo, no, limbo and purgatory are different. Purgatory is supposed to be temporary. Is, isn't limbo also temporary? Limbo is if you are, okay, I should clarify. This is not, I don't know if this is Catholic, Catholic doctrine. This I don't is, know if limbo is a thing in Catholic, I also not raised Catholic. So I don't know if limbo is a thing in Catholic doctrine, but purgatory is. Yes. Limbo is lim- limbo, at least based on Dante's Inferno and Paradisimo is where you go if you are a virtuous person who has observed none of the formalities of Christianity and you you are just not a believer, I but you are not like a the interpretation bad of purgatory too. Now Pur- we're going to have to dive into this. Purgatory is you are a believer, but there's some, you didn't quite make the cut. Yes, That's true. You, you didn't make the cut. You didn't retweet the Pope enough. Or like, I think one of the reasons you could be stuck in purgatory is if like your family hasn't performed your last rites and stuff like Interesting. that. Interesting. So okay. It might be temporary. There's like, you're, there. you're close. You're so close. Yeah. And yeah. So is your mom writing you letters because she's trying to perform your they, last rite? I think people are, they're saying that her letters are going to your grave and that's why you cannot send letters back to oh, your mom. No. And like, she's just sending me stupid fruit. And that's why yeah, you it's live like this a like bouquet or something on your Aww. on your grave. And and this is why you live this kind of like cyclical existence that is almost a pastiche of of elements from your real life, like having a job. And oh my gosh! Or like the things rent. you never got to do because you died young. Or maybe yeah, that's dark. Um, and also why like there there is no acknowledgement of like towns other than this unit. It's almost like the good place, mm. like your Animal Crossing town. Is I never, I never town. watched much of that. Uh, I won't go into the any twist. more comparisons with that. <laughs> but yeah, maybe it's like like each Animal Crossing town is like this personal afterlife for the human who goes to live there. All right, what's the uh, other theory you had? I like that because I definitely think it's weird. One of the biggest plot holes for me is that I get these letters from my mom fairly inconsistently, mm-hmm. and I cannot write back to her. I think that makes me a bad child, first of all. Yeah. Like, there are people who are trying to contact you, but you're, like, in your fantasy world. Yeah. Which could be your purgatory. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, what's the other one? Um, is the other one more or less dark? Less dark. Okay. The one, right. the one more dark detail I want to mention about this. Purgatory one? Yeah. I okay. think this was Purgatory the crossing for why this person brought up this theory. Um, the person who is usually driving you, not usually, in a couple games, which I think inspired the theory, driving you to Animal Crossing Cap'n. is Kappen, who is a Kappa. And Kappa are uh, yokai. They are Japanese mythological creatures. Oh, I thought he was just a frog. He is. Uh, did you notice he has like a thing on his head? It's like a like a friar's like haircut. A I thought that was a taxi driver hat. So a, ca- a kappa, like a bellboy hat. Oh my god! So here's what a, a kappa is, right? In okay. Japanese folklore, they are like a tur- like an amphibious demon or a yokai, which is not okay. always a demon. Um, they have an indentation or a bowl on their head. Okay. Which they fill with water. If they go too long with that water not being in there, they will die. Whoa. And um, humans are like that too, but it's water inside, inside our bodies. <laughs> so they need to have this weakness because kappa are really, really morbidly associated with an imaginary organ in your anus <laughs> or your prostate. Wait, um, what? Yeah. They want to take this organ from your body, which they can only get through your butt. Luckily, it oh doesn't gosh. exist. It's imaginary. They were in Neo. So if, if a kappa sees you... Um, they will try to like trick you so they can go and get your organ and pull it out of your butt and they'll like, you know, 
cackle as they run away. Okay, well, how, what's the consequence um, of you losing this mythological organ? Um, no idea. Maybe we don't need it. Okay, it's know. like your appendix. Um, the way you defeat it. It's the appendix of the butt. <laughs> so I, you I clench your butt. Huh? <laughs> you clench your butt. Uh, you fart on them. <laughs> they don't like it. I can't They're kind them. of like humans in that. I guess I have never um, been touched by a kappa. Then you can okay. you can fart on them. You can pee on them. So many questions. Um, you what will often like people say like if you like want to fight a kappa, you can moon them as bait, and they will come out to try and attack you, and that's when you fart on them. So sorry to get blue audience. This is just reality. Do people like? Does anyone ever fart and then just say I was fighting a kappa? I will, I will from now on. Oh, no. Maybe, maybe if you're on a river. Uh, the other weakness. I was uh, okay, fighting a kappa. So why would that be associated with purgatory? So I'll bring you to that in a okay, second. Okay, okay. I just want to give you the other really obvious weakness that people will be like, you why didn't you take, mention this? Take the water out of their head. Um, yeah, they are very polite. Oh. So if you bow to them, like let's say you 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 see a kappa and you're like, don't, don't take it. How about we like wrestle for it? Let's have like a sumo fight or something this would be my solution they will agree to it and then when you begin you will bow to them and, fart and on they them. will bow also and the water will fall out of their head and they'll be like oh no i have to get back to the river okay I'll first bow. of all like i don't need them to bow and lose the water because if they're agreeing to a wrestling match over this i would win yeah but it's the a tiny thing is you don't have to even get to that part well, that's you just make them boring all right now i, f- I feel <laughs> like better than a barbarian uh-huh. now because you're like yeah you, you you make them bow and they spill their water and i was like oh when they bow you fart on them <laughs> and, <laughs> and i was like i'm a sick sick man <laughs> um so the reason why they brought this up is because you know Kappa aren't all fun in games. They will murder you. A lot of yokai Wait. are like funny and silly, but also they like to drown children. Just is and this related is... to needing the butt organ or not? No, not related. This Sometimes, is tangential. Maybe they drown the children so they can get their organ. Okay. So this um, is just another pastime. Yes. This is another thing they do. So, so maybe you were kappa, killed by a kappa. Yeah. So kappas drown children in some stories. And oh my God. in the game, I think this person was referencing, you are the kappa is driving you through the rain into yes. Animal Crossing. So you are maybe experiencing your last moments and then maybe even seeing your life flash before your eyes. It drowns or, you. Yeah. I don't and like this theory. That's why at the end, like, you <laughs> I'm on thing board. in your butt. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I feel like every time we hear a weird theory, I'm like, I love it. And Sterling's like, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so the second theory I've seen. I like um, this one more already. I would call this more just like a reading and less of like a proposal. Okay. That the player character is actually an agent of God. So that your avatar is an agent of you, God. And I am. Thank you for acknowledging that. Animal Crossing Town is your playset. And that's why the player character, like when you come into the town, everyone there already knows what your role is supposed to be. Everyone's very nice to you. They're they errand bitch. Yes. And they know, they don't ask <laughs> each other to do this, right? That's true. Um, and the other, and no one else is working for Tom Nook or running errands. No. They all know what their place is. In so town. Tom Nook is God? Is that what we're... No. I will also God. say no one else ever builds I up thought, their house as well as I build up mine. I house. thought true. what you're saying is if we're a messenger, then that's... Literally, what an angel is. Well, yeah, like your char- your avatar is like an angel for us. Working for we you, are God. Oh, oh, uh, you're talking about me, me, me. The, 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 yes. the reason you guys reminded me of this theory is you were talking about how you could just go tell Isabel, <laughs> um, Rocket, uh, get rid of her. Yes, I don't like her. Yes, I don't. And so She's not weird that bad. pink body. Suit. That is a strange power. <laughs> 
for yes. pleasure to have. Imagine if you could do that in real life. You're like, mm, I don't like my neighbors. So, Get rid of them. But I mean, like, you know, the counterpoint to this is you can argue that about pretty much any game where there is some kind if of any sim sort of agency. Aspect. Yeah. Like you are a god in The Sims. I very explicitly in the Sims because you create people and give them personalities. And I love the Sims also weirdly enough. So I, I feel like that interpretation, that reading is more like a commentary on. Well, and I said that I read them as stuffed animals and you could be a kid. Yeah. Playing. Like we, that's, I think that's something we all yes. agreed on. And I think the movie, I don't think we said it at the movie time, but I think the movie is really leaning into that because it's just, two kids like I and you walking oh, around yeah. with the That's stuffed true. animals going on adventures. They're going in their world like uh, and like, they do each have their like friend stuffed animals or their friend yeah. animals. They're like uh, Beth in, in that Rick and Morty episode where she has like an imaginary world crafted just for her. Oh and her friend gets lost friend. in there yes, but it's a real friend. Yes. I don't remember that That's episode. Now I'm going to have to watch also, it. The new episodes are coming but out soon. I, I feel like this is more of like I, I would call this less of like some kind of conspiracy theory and more like just a reading of, of how the game communicates to you that there yeah. is this idyllic fantasy that it's offering you. Yeah. So I think the really important question that we've reached is Chris, have we sold you on buying new horizons? Have, <laughs> boy, I'm more sold than I was before. What would you call your town, Chris? What would I call my town? I would probably, okay, well, here's the thing. If I You'd have to game, defer to your wife. It would be because my wife has allowed me to buy Your wife game. would name the town, yeah. And I would probably have to make her first player, and she was definitely going to call it her nameville. Or it is like brutal that. being second player. I've Sterling heard. is first player, so he got to do all the cool things, and I just kind of waited. Yeah. Luckily, I'm really good at grinding, so we got through everything real fast. Yeah, I've seen posts online of people who are like, I bought it for myself and my kid and I let my kid be first player and they haven't played it since day one. So now I'm stuck. Oh, I would log into there. Yes, I would too. <laughs> they are nicer parents than I will be one day. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Uh, and the kid comes back and they're like, oh my shirts are poop. <laughs> why am I wearing this poop hat? Who's wearing, why am I have a soft serve hat? This is, I guess it happens, uh, son, when you, uh, when you don't play the game for a while. <laughs> oh, weird. This is just how the game works, I guess. Yep. It gets rid of all your stuff. Oh, yeah. In this new one, the the, the first player even kind of owns the island. Yeah. It's, it's one island per console. I Yes. Yeah. But eventually, like, we're at the point where I can access building things. Like, I can't build bridges and ramps, but I can make paths and I can make fences and I can do things. I can, can adjust the houses? water. No. Whoa, but, that's a big thing to... I can upgrade my own and move my own, but I can't move in other characters. But, you know, we're playing together, so I, I'll i be like, where do you want this to go? Because I only yes. care about yeah. fish The benefit of quarantine is that neither of us ever plays the game when the other one's not home. So Sometimes while I'm asleep. I bring but, this up because I kind of... Like, obviously, there are some heavy drawbacks to doing that, but... yeah. The idea of one island per Switch means that, like, there is... The fantasy of the game involves a location that is set and fixed in your Switch. It's yeah. not like 
You can be like, oh, let's make five more islands, and they are all this ephemeral thing that are may or may not be linked to my physical console. That's true. But by linking it physically to the console, there is at least that benefit where you can say my console is an actual place. Like, this is my island. These are my like reboot people from like the cartoon <laughs> where they live in your computer. That's oh my reference. gosh, I loved that cartoon. Yes. Have you ever tried and go back and watch it recently? I, I don't think I could. Oh my gosh. Even at the time, I didn't love the animation. The, the animation is... Is, is rough. I have trouble with, with today's CG TV shows. I uh-huh. can't even imagine trying to go back and rewatch that one. What, like watching Max Steel. The, the yeah. actual animation isn't that far off from like when I say for animation, like the the amount of like keyframes they can afford to like rig or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's not that far off. Um, what the design more? The yeah, the textures. Yes, the lack yes. of textures on everything. Yes. Well, that's Which what at the time what I thought was really cool right because that's what the inside of a computer looks <laughs> yeah, like like why would there be textures but anyways enough of reboot um <laughs> you ever get enough of reboot yeah i think so but i can't get enough of uh animal crossing i know do you think that your animal crossing characters are like the characters from reboot and then they're like here comes our but instead of like the the user in reboot is like this this aggressive like invading force that like makes everyone play their literal game in animal crossing they're like here comes the, uh, the 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 lawnmower man. Here comes like the bug picker. Maybe I don't and know. like you are serving them now. What uh, do we have any last thoughts on Animal Crossing? It's an obsession. Is there anything you would if someone's really likes Animal Crossing? Oh, okay. I think it would be cool to do a further reading kind of games related game. Yeah, definitely or media in general. I think that the games are an easy one. the The common ones are Harvest Moon. Which mm-hmm. is Animal Crossing, but also what if it were just people and you could get married? Yeah. Stardew Valley. We didn't yeah. really talk about what makes it different from those, but we're already a bit over. Yes. It turns out we had a lot more to say about the plot of Animal Crossing <laughs> than you would expect. What a, what a twist. Us having more to say than you'd expect. Who would have guessed? Yeah. I, Harvest Moon and Stardew Valley are definitely in that similar vein where there is... It isn't just that you're building something in isolation. It is that you are playing the game to get to build your thing and further yeah. your thing, which and, I think is that loop. Like the, the relationships you build with the NPCs is like a, a major part of those games. Yes, yes. I don't know. That's a challenge to think of a non-video game thing that would relate to this. There, there was a game, like a mobile game called Tomodachi Life. Oh, yeah. Oh, which yeah, like the little like a tom like a that's a tamagotchi tamagotchi yeah it's a play on the same thing oh okay, okay. but it used like your your me characters mm-hmm. from your Wii and like doesn't, I don't know you had like an apartment or something doesn't tomodachi mean friend in yeah. Japanese yeah okay interesting so ta- so tamago like for where does tamagotchi come from tamago is egg okay and that makes sense combine tamago with tomodachi and you get tamagotchi oh that's so like, cute like a friend okay I like it. Yeah, I will say a lot of what the narrative in Animal Crossing exists to do is so unique to a video game. Yeah. Where it's the narrative is there just to further your experience. And I don't know if that exists in the same way. When you say the narrative, like the quest lines or whatever. Yes, yes. And I think that it's open-ended enough that everybody can have their own experience with it. I mean, again, Lindsay had her experience 
Uh, yes, like, it's called social manipulation in order to get the best furniture. And so I was focused on a collectathon. <laughs> here's what I think would be fun because focusing on the theme of communication, because that's like a pretty unique thing about Animal Crossing. Okay. What is a game? I have a couple suggestions uh, that is like Animal Crossing, but is not a life sim, not like Harvest Moon or okay. something like that. I have an idea for it. A game that is like Animal Crossing. In, in the sense of like. The communication theme. Any visual novel game. Okay. See, and now I was thinking a game where you're creating something. So like maybe something like Mario Paint where you're making art. I don't know if there's a way to share it. Yeah. Yeah. Minecraft where you're making things and people come live in your Minecraft world. Even something like like maybe even a Mario maker where it's about, Oh, here's the thing I created. Yeah. And you can be on two ends of the spectrum where you're either about creating something painstakingly, or you are about, Oh, I want to complete all the levels or I want to complete this or that. And it's really, you're not directly communicating with people, but the different ways that people are sharing their work and experiencing each other's work is a major yeah. part of that. It tells game. you something about yourself or tells other people something about yeah. yourself. Yeah. So I have three games about communication that I would mention. Okay. First one, um, Seaman. I don't know what that? that is. I don't know Seaman if I want to play it, though. Is a Dreamcast game that okay. came with a microphone that you plugged into your controller. Okay. And in this game, you have an aquarium where you hatch a fish um, who has a human face. Oh my gosh, I know this and game. And he's voiced by, I think, Leonard Nimoy. I do not know this game. I do not want this game. I have this game this if sounds... you ever want to try it. No, I and like sleeping at night. The uh, the actual gameplay is you just talking to your fish, and he talks back to you. So oh, is no, this... no thanks. So... And he asks you like really personal yes or no questions about yourself, and you're... The whole... The entire... I would call this more of an application than a game, like a toy. So like, Hey, you Pikachu. It is like, Hey, you, I would say that was the next game. Hey, you Pikachu is that, but with Pikachu, oh my God. Pikachu isn't really grilling you on. And he doesn't ask you questions and he, you just kind of talk to him and it doesn't respond. Yeah. So it's like Seaman, <laughs> except it's, it doesn't actually do anything. And unlike like Seaman, I feel like Seaman is really there to like ask you things you wouldn't normally think about. But Hey, you Pikachu, I think is more like training your Pikachu to respond right mm-hmm. ostensibly it's like a furby you know oh yeah they can learn english <laughs> no biggest lie of my youth okay so what's the uh, third game third one this is a little bit out of left field um there's a game i believe it's it's either called lifeline or siren or could be both those are two very different names um look up both okay <laughs> um it's fine our, our audience will find it um it is a game where you play a guy in like a security control room and when is this game from it's from the PS2 era. Okay. It's on the PS2. Okay. And there's a woman who's trapped in a some kind of like space station or a lab or something. And there's like horror elements happening and things are trying to kill her. This sounds and exactly like Animal Crossing. You have like maps. You have like the layout of like the the game area. Okay. This is okay. a game I've only been told about. I have not played it. Okay. So some elements could be wrong. But you know you have more information than she does. And you cannot, for whatever reason, you cannot get to her. And she's an like, NPC. Do you have a microphone and you have to be like, you have right, a microphone. go straight. So you've really zeroed the in knob. on the microphone aspect yeah. of Animal Crossing. And I don't think anyone used it ever in this game. <laughs> no, Chris no, no, is not, like, what made Animal Crossing special? Not the microphone. The, mic. the, the idea that you, a game a communicating. about communicating. No, I know. I know. Person. So you are trying to direct her through to the end of the game, trying to get her to survive by giving her instructions. 
All right. Well, that seems like a game I will probably never check out. <laughs> I will play that before I'll play Leonard Nimoy the Seaman. I haven't. I, I, I want to have a Seaman party. I the sound. maybe as a Halloween game. Maybe that'll be Awful. one of our spooky Halloween games. Right. <laughs> All right. Goodness gracious. Well, we've uh, talked your ear off about Animal Crossing. Plus, for- Sterling and I do have a an island that we have to go tend to. That's true. Yeah. Have a hard oh. out. <laughs> It's true. KK Sliders, Sliders playing tonight. tonight. I know. We got the concert. We got to go to it. We have front it. row seats. I'm going to request uh, KK. Well, yeah, I'm going to request something different. I got to listen to the songs first. Yes. All right. We have well, research to do before we attend this concert. To end this narrative arc, I will seriously consider buying and playing New Horizons. I'm so excited. And I hope anyone in the audience who is maybe on the fence... Maybe this helped you make up your mind if oh this is something that would interest you. You guys should post your best pictures from the game and tag us in it. And yeah. I will share a cute little sweater that I made so I can look just like Blathers because we're yes. twins. Oh, you know what? Why don't you also post some designs that you made Yes, for your clothes? Yes. <laughs> we will share them. If you have a narrative about your relationship with one of your Animal Crossing characters. Yeah, I want to hear people's Animal Crossing I want stories. that. There are some people who have had like the same villager with them across multiple games and it's their what? go-to villager. Yeah. yeah. A streamer, we watched like Scoot. So now we like Scoot and we have Scoot. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, it just is nice to feel like a part of his community now. That's right. That's what Zoom. matters. <laughs> All right, everyone. I think... You've heard enough about Animal Crossing. Uh, thank you for joining us. As always, you can find us at our website, playervsplot.com, on Instagram and Twitter, at playervsplot. And uh, send us your comments and concerns. And <laughs> smash that subscribe button. I don't know. Yes, you can always email us at playerversusplot at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>